Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bruce Campbell, and you are listening to The Horror Returns. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Welcome back, one and all, to The Horror Returns. I'm Lance, and with me, as always, my co-host, Brian and Philip. Uh, and tonight, we got that very special once-a-year event, March Madness. Uh, joining us tonight is our annual panel of celebrity guests. Now, might be a little different tonight, because we have an even number of, uh, of folks participating, so we may have to jump into a tiebreaker or aggressively try to get both changed, but we'll make this thing work. So, um, first of all, we've got a guy who needs no in- introduction, the Don himself. Um, <laughs> the uh, the man. It's uh, Don and Ellie here to make us an offer we can't refuse. So, I'm going to point out Fresh Cuts and uh, Horror Countdown. Uh, what else do you have coming up, man? I, I uh, have a couple of uh, side shows um, related to uh, various other uh, various other topics. Um, I do uh, No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts, and I have another show called Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. It's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then from Cinema Beef podcast and the brand new Untapped Gems with somebody we know very well, uh, Heather Powell. Um, joining us for the first time ever is uh, Gary Hill. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming, man. What what else do you have going on? Uh, Dan, glad to be here. Um, yeah, I, I do many things. You know, that's the problem with being a podcaster and being a creative is having many ideas and you know putting them down. Um, other shows under what music or whatever, Spotify, iHeartRadio Radio and stuff. Sort of the butcher shop banner, uh, the ones, the one you mentioned, cinnamon beef, uh, Freddy's Nightmare show called Burning for Springwood. We do, I do with Mike Merriman and my friend Suzanne. Um, Last Call of Torchies, which is a Walter Hill podcast all about his films. And uh, a commentary show. We don't talk much about the movie, but, you know, we have fun talking shit through it. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Those commentary shows are always a blast, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for for sure. Not a lot of work, just, you know, hanging out, you know. All right. Um, and we've got another first-time guest. Uh, Derek, man, I'm going to butcher your last name. Is it Bourgeoisie or <laughs> – help me it's out bourgeois, here. Bourgeois, me. bourgeois, bourgeois. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I found your YouTube channel, but uh, you, you, you uh, schooled me a little bit before we started recording. You've got several podcasts going on. No More Room in Hell. What else? My main show is Cinema Attack, uh, No More Room in Hell, like you said. I also do a little sidecast, uh, They're Here, which uh, is pretty fun. Uh, it's on the Cut to the Chase network. 
I also have a. I'm also recording with Don on Creature Comforts. That's actually the show me and Don do together. And I'm also on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space with Don. And also, I am. Uh, I do actually show with Gary on the Legion Patreon, Blood from the Core, which is a Patreon exclusive for the Legion Patreon. But that's about it. Well, that's a lot. It's awesome. <laughs> we can barely keep up with with the shows we're doing. Um, but we've got uh, what we got a dude here that if you listen to the show before, you're going to know him for sure. Our very first guest ever, uh, Pedro Pedro Nunez from K Fabulous Lucha Brothers. What's up, man? What's going on? I'm happy. This is my uh, what is it? Fourth year in a row doing these, and they're always a blast. So I'm ready for another <laughs> round here. Nice. Well, last. What was it last year we did worst B movie, right? Which was I think Troll Two. No, that wasn't Troll Two. It was um Birdemic. The, the Birdemic. That, <laughs> that took it all. That took it all the way. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm very excited to be back and have fun with these guys for for a couple hours, maybe more than a couple hours, so because we're all very long winded here. So get very ready. Nice. For, we're gonna. If you have a long car ride, this is the show for you here tonight. <laughs> Nice. A long hard drive. <laughs> I, said, I said card card drive. Okay. I, I, I started drinking already, by the way. So I was. I was getting ready for That's what I do. I just drink and talk. So. We'll All right. Well, uh, and here's what I'm excited about. We've got we got a couple of guys that that you probably know well too um, from from many things that that they've done together. But we've got two great guys that have kind of joined us at the last minute. Uh, we got Garrett Collins, the Poon Slayer himself as he likes to go by and uh I don't, but everybody else does <laughs> <laughs> and matthew goudreau what's up with you guys oh matt you want to go first no I, I usually defer to you you don't know the shtick by now it's been 10 years of this <laughs> it's been good man we are um we are no longer with binge media we are going off we're doing our own thing it's going to be we're not going to unveil any names yet but it's we are meeting with people to design it, and uh, we're going to unveil probably by the end of the month. We're already recording. We are reinvigorated by our recordings. Um, and like I said, it's going to be a little different. It's not just going to be movies. We're going to do different things. We're going to do maybe some, like say, like WrestleManias in the order or TV shows, retrospectives. We're going to do a whole bunch of different little things. So we're, we're very, very excited about what we have coming up. You, you know, like, you know, JC, I was going to say <clears> – <throat> I was going to say um, – so I heard that uh, Cody Rhodes is a big fan of your podcast, and he saw he heard that you guys left binge, so he was like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm leaving AEW, I'm going back to the to the big." So so you guys inspired him. Good for you. He's oh, a fan. That, 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 that's good to hear. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't have too much else going on. So that, that makes me happy right. that he's actually doing something. But no, we're 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 really excited about a new format. Um, we're still going to keep the old one, but there's going to be just different things added to it. So. Um, that's what we have coming up. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, we've been recording our first retrospective with that new site. Um, and it's been, it's been reinvigorated. Like we're not, you know, feeling like we're going through the motions anymore. We're doing our own thing and it, it feels great. Very nice. And again, we, we get into the wrestling returns as always, right, Brian? Absolutely. <laughs> Happens every time. All right, well, let's get into it. So here's how this thing works. We're going to start out with 30, actually 33 contestants because we're going to have one play-in game. But uh, we're looking for the greatest exploitation film of all time. These were randomly picked by you guys and distributed into a field bracket. Uh, in tournament fashion, we're going to work our way forward until we end up with a, a final battle and a single champion. 
Uh, our five guests, or actually six guests, uh, this is going to get interesting, uh, will each give their best argument in each round as to why the chosen final uh, deserves to move forward. At the end, we'll have our champion. It's that simple. So uh, we're going to start out with, uh, as usual, uh, Philip's going to get it started with the left side of the bracket, starting with the play-in game. All right, guys. Hold on. The uh, play Hello. Yeah. Let me say one thing because I I knew this was gonna happen. What's that? So so when Lance hit me up to do this this show, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do the best exploitation film ever, right? Okay, fine, that's cool." And then I thought to myself, "Wait a minute, that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people." Yeah. Also, and I and and I go, Lance, you, that's a little vague. Can you and he's like, "No, do whatever you want." I'm go, "Okay, okay, that's fine." <laughs> and then I started to think about it. And I'm like, "Well." If somebody picks like Evil Dead 2 or something, there's no way that movie's gonna lose anything. So mm, I'm thinking that, that there's a little bit of an advantage there, you know, the you, when you have that kind of popularity. And then I go, Lance, are you sure there's no perimeters here? It's like, no, it doesn't even have to be horror, whatever you want. Yeah, wide open. So it's like, when, if we, if the old snobby patrol comes to play here later on tonight, I'm gonna defer to Lance because he's the one that just laid on the groundwork. And that's oh, don't worry. At. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question a bunch of your choices tonight. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to call out a bunch of you. I'm going I'm to be here to call out a bunch of you for making idiotic choices. <laughs> so, so that's the deal. So I was like, you know what? This, this fucking tournament is going to turn into a big old cluster muck. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to drink and just chill out with the guys and have a good time talking about great movies. So I don't <laughs> that's give a fuck who point, at this point because this is, this is, we're, at the end of the day, we all win because we're going to talk about some great fucking films here tonight. He said great films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said great films yeah. was kind of a stretch. Very, great films was kind of a stretch. Fun films yeah. I'll have no uh, fun films I have no question about, but great that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> well, well, I always I always feel like even the worst movie is someone's favorite movie of all time. So you know that, that doesn't mean anything. There's still objective qualities that have to be met. So all right, <laughs> you can enjoy you can enjoy a film for all you want, but if you're gonna defend Birdemic as a great film, I've got serious trust issues. <laughs> there's well, Birdemic is not on this one. <laughs> there's, there's trust issues to be had. I mean, I'm not going to deny you for enjoying a film and saying it's a, subjectively a fun film, but calling it objectively a good film is a different matter. So I agree with you. I, I've I've gone on this very show and cut to you say wrestling term promos on many people for just saying, oh, it's a, just turn off your brain. It was a great movie. Trust me, it's on record on this very show. I, I agree with you completely, definitely. And I've got on record as saying Sharknado is better than Godfather, so I know a thing or two about good persons. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow. That may change our Godfather voting situation. Three, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen here tonight. Oh, All right. Shit. <laughs> well, let's start with our first round. You guys are going to find the, move, the find out the movies kind of one by one and uh, argue about them amongst yourselves. Um, we're going to start with uh, Don't Panic. And next of kin, Patrick Swayze, <laughs> baby. <laughs> wait, next, wait, wait, what year was this one? Uh, 1987, I believe. God damn it, Lance. You never put the <laughs> fucking year down. I thought you were talking about the exploitation film from 82. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Not the, not the Patrick well, Swayze one, it? right? Okay, who picked it? And then we'll that'll I, determine I, which oh, movie we're talking about. My bad. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong I one. Nick, I picked Nick's Akin, 1982. 
There you go. Yeah. All right, so that's the okay. one. I, I watched both just in case. I'll tell you which was the better one. We're all done with this, okay? <laughs> I thought it was the Patrick Swayze exploitation. You guys did your damn homework. All right. <laughs> Whichever one of those you want. Um. All right, Garrett, you want to start us off? Oh, me? Garrett, yeah, you want to start us off and let, let us know which one of those two wins? Yeah, and why? Oh, my God. Um... I'll be honest, I haven't seen either. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I haven't seen either of those. I, I've seen the majority of these, I'll be honest. I've seen a, probably about 60, 65%, but these two I have not. Dude, I haven't even heard of a couple of them, so you guys are ahead up on me. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll we'll wait and come back to you, and then you can pick which name you like best. Okay. Um, all right. Go to Matt. Matt's seen like all of these almost. So he's just uh, gonna he... pick the one I pick. He's gonna pick the one I don't pick. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. Well, what's your pick? All right. Well, regardless of which next to kin we're going with, uh, I'm picking that because the the eighty two one. Uh, it's just funny talking about exploitation, considering Garrett and I's track record of "quote unquote" quality cinema. But uh, he also knows <laughs> I love my trash, and I call Next of Kin elevated trash because rather than doing the uh, trying to do the tropes of American films, because Next of Kin's Australian, they went with the European flavor, so it's more like Argento and Mario Bava inspired, and all that always tickles my fancy. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. Next of Ken wins that one. Uh, Pedro, what about you? Well, I chose um, Don't Panic, so I'm going to go with Don't Panic. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a part of the recently discovered for a lot of people, like exploitation cinema, uh, you know, with like Roberto Galindo, the, the director. He did a few of them. And I think I think Vinegar Syndrome got a bunch of rights to those films, so they've been putting them out. And it's just like a wacky kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff in a lot of ways where, where you have like the 30 year olds playing like teenagers. Um, and so it's 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 a fun time. I mean, next I love Next of Kin. I think it's actually very original and, and it's, it's working with a lot of tropes that are like like Matt, like Matthew was saying. It's not isn't we didn't see that in the in the American movie. So but I'm going to go with Don't Panic. All right. Don't Panic for Pedro. Uh, Don, what does the Don say? I say next of kin because that's an exploitation film and don't panic isn't. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> On a technicality. Uh, <laughs> Derek, what do you think? Uh, I, I do enjoy don't panic a lot. I actually just watched that recently a few months back and it's pretty funny. Even love the fucking cheesy fucking theme song it has to the movie. Don't panic. <laughs> that's actually sung by the lead actor. But next to King is, is like my jam. It's everything that I look for in an exploitation film, where you know it mixes because it's actually directed by a Kiwi director and stuff. And you know you get like a young Mick Taylor, John Jared in the movie, which is cool for fans of like Wolf Creek and stuff. And you know it's it's like Suspiria, but if it was in Australia, it's fucking nuts. And the score by uh, Tangerine Dreams, uh, Klaus Badet's amazing. It's so like goblinesque in its style, and I just love that final shot at the end of the movie, which you know uh, she's driving away on the highway, and there's this giant explosion. When I did research on the movie, because I actually did another show on this movie, that was all. That explosion was not supposed to happen. It just happened out of nowhere, and 
it's like, wow, that's crazy that they caught that on film and they put it in the movie. You know, it's like situations like that that make a perfect scene even more better in that sense. Uh, so I'm going with next again on this one. Okay, fair enough. Next again, uh, Gary. It's funny that think, I'm sorry. It's funny that Derek mentions Suspiria, the part of Suspiria at the end where she's walking through and all the glass is exploding. The reason why she laughs is because that, that glass could have hit her in the face at any time. She's so fucking happy she survived. But um, if I had picked one of these, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. We were talking about it on stage one time. Um, I picked next to Ken, just just uh, I, I kind of not not by default, but like like Don says, hey, that's exploitation. Right, I'll take a. Oh. It's, if it's your, your cup of tea, it's your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, next to Ken, let's let's go for that. Next to Ken, all right then, Garrett, we don't need your vote anyway. Next of Ken wins it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll move on with that, and that was our opening round. But now, next of kin has to go up against Hobo with a shotgun. That that one I've seen. <laughs> I think that counts as exploitation. Yeah, I've seen that one too. <laughs> um. All right, Don. What do you think about that one? Does that win on the technicality? No. Uh, these are both exploitation films, and uh, I'm going with Hobo. Um, Rutger Howard. Rector Howard actually perf- putting in a performance, sleaze out the wazoo. Uh, you, you can't beat him just blasting assholes with a shotgun. So, hobo for me. Hobo with the shotgun. Uh, Pedro. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, next of kin. Next for, of kin. For all the aforementioned reasons. Yes. All right. You voted against it, and I wrote for it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> uh, Garrett, how about on this one? You've seen uh, you seen Hobo with a shotgun. I've seen Hobo, and I haven't seen Next of Kin, but I'll go with Next of Kin just because I don't like Hobo. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great logic. Wow. Well, the DC is coming out right now. I love it. I didn't even think it. But that works. Uh, Matthew. I'm going with Next of Kin because Hobo with a shotgun breaks the cardinal B movie principle. If you set out to make parody trash, you just end up with trash. So I'm going with next again. Ooh, ouch. Well, well, so, so okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that because I wanna ask Don, um, because he's the one with the with the exploitation buzzer tonight, right? Is it okay. Don? Okay. Yeah. So so before we get going too far here, re- really quick, what classifies an exploitation buzzer. film for you? Because I imagine the buzzer is gonna go on left and right, and I want to have clarification on on what's going on here. So because this one was made. Well into like the 2000s, so 2011, I think. So, um, so what's going on? Tell, tell, tell us your guidelines here. So for me, I choose theme, content, and overall execution. So I'm not too concerned about how high end it is. I'm not too concerned about, you know, how much money was put into it. I go more by the theme, the content, and the execution. So the theme has to be grimy, sleazy, or overall completely uh, non-mainstream. So I don't mean, you know, like, you know, a ghost movie or any, you know, kind of just like, you know, random slasher film, you know, something that's you're not necessarily going to get like a big mainstream studio behind. It has to be like a very grimy, sleazy atmosphere. You know, you got to have, you know, like a bunch of like depraved activity 
be or you know generally something like you know rapes or murders or you know beatings cat fights uh you know various uncon you know various unconventional stuff going on and it has to wallow and revel in what's going on it has to be presented as the main selling point behind what's going on in the film so so is a toxic avenger an exploitation film i haven't seen that so i can't say i'm not not, wait a minute Wow. I'm not very familiar with trauma. Trauma okay. for me is a blind spot. Not a I got, I got, That's I got, her, I got, I got her feelings from that down to tell you right now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, cause, we, we're breaking up, Don. You know this, right? Yeah, trauma for me is a blind spot just because 99% of what I used to watch was cable TV. Um, very, very few films that were not shown on broadcast TV or stuff that I've seen, so... Troma for me is a blind spot. I've probably seen. Damn, I should have picked Romeo and Juliet now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I can actually count um, the films on one hand. Um, uh, Class of Newcomb High, Blades, um, Poultry Geist, and uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Terror Firmer. That's. Oh, okay. That's my trauma list. I you were gonna say Sergeant Kabuki Man or something, but um, <laughs> no, no, those are the those are the uh, those. Are, that's my uh, trauma list. I never went on an escalator ever again after Terror Firmer. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, cause cause um, yeah, cause Hobo with a Shotgun, it, it is a parody, and and I know it was made during that whole Grindhouse, the Tarantino, Rod Rodriguez thing, and and what Matt was saying is right. It's like some of these films, they try to sleazy them up. It's almost like, and you could tell, like the heart is not there because it's not organic, it's not authentic. That's um, part but, of the uh, yeah, that's part of the uh, content. That's the that's the tone thing that I was going on about. Okay. Well, Don't Panic has a 30-year-old guy running around in pajamas with dinosaurs throughout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the content qualifies as very disturbing and very exploitive. So it is. I think it is an exploitation film. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a nightmare. On, but it's also a mainstream nightmare on Elm Street ripoff from another country. So yeah, but okay. ripoffs count as exploitation. Italians did a bunch of ripoffs. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the notion of ripoffs is the heart of exploitation because they were literally exploiting the biggest trends and the biggest genres at the time that they were made. So I, I think I, I consider but, but Bruno Mattei. But, but here's uh, the thing. But here's director. the thing. Here's the thing. We're confusing exploitative with exploitation. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. It's exploitative to rip off films, but it's not exploitation if the content isn't there. Tell that to Stephen Thrower, then. He wrote a whole book about this. I'm writing this down. That's all I'm saying. I'm writing it down. (laughs) I I need these bylaws here to go into effect soon. All right, so I'm going with Next of Kin. Who's next? Thank you, Don. That was was a good answer. All right. (laughs) Derek is up. Next of Kin or Hobo with a Shotgun? I'm actually a fan of Hobo. You know, but it is more of like a love letter to like the exploitation films. So if I'm going to go with like a pure exploitation film, I have to go with Next of Kin. All right. Next of Kin. That's two technicalities for that movie. Uh, Gary, <laughs> what do you think? I prefer to hobo with a lawnmower. That would have been more amazing than hobo <laughs> with a shotgun. But, you know, because that's what he really wanted to begin with. But, um... Yeah, the villains are absurd. The deaths are absurd. I think it's all there. I, I think there's more meat on these bones than there is in the, the Tarantino Grindhouse film. Um, I'm not a 
huge fan of the slow burn, but that's that's more personal choice. But I'm, I'm going to go with Hobo based on personal opinion on this one. Hobo, Hobo, win, uh, well, Hobo doesn't win it. Don't panic. Uh, my bad. Next of kin comes out on top. Fair enough. All right. So what was the what was the score? It was one, two, three, four to two. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So we'll move down to Simon King of the Witches. <laughs> <laughs> movie I've never heard of. And uh, the Big Doll House. <laughs> all right (laughs) uh let's see gary you want to start us off sure um this is a hard choice because i've seen this is going up against the big doll house i love both of these things for a lot of reasons but um i'm I'm gonna go with my choice uh, on this one because uh just just based on andrew prine's performance alone i mean the plot is is has a lot of holes in it. I realize that, and he, he's looking to find his magic, so he finds it. And it's, it's this red circle glowing thing that's killing people. Um, I, I, I just, I just think he's charismatic as hell, and it sells the movie for me. And I could take that over big, the big, big Dow House. I don't know why, but I pick my my choice. So Simon King of the Witches. Yes. Okay. That's one for Simon. Simon, King of the Witches. Number one for that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pedro, what do you think? I'm going to go with the big dollhouse. I mean, you got Jack Hill directing. You got Pam Greer. You got Sid Haig in there. Um, and it's a woman in cage movie, which was kind of the the rage during the early 70s. Um, it's just a good time. And, I, and I've always liked this film. So I'm going to go with the big dollhouse. Big old dollhouse for Pedro. All right. Uh, Matthew, I, I, I'm just chuckling because I could tell that Lance is still kind of bewildered by Simon, the King of the Witches title. He's chuckling. <laughs> <back>. <laughs> I, I hear, I hear little, little, little chuckles in, in the background there, and I know that's the reason why. All right, uh, Matthew, Simon, King of the Witches, or the Big Dollhouse? Big Dollhouse and a landslide for me, and I say that as a gay man with the amount of female nudity that's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that helps. <laughs> uh, Don. Yeah, this one was closer than I thought, but um, man, it, it's hard to go against my girl Pam. I'm going Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, Derek. Pam Grimm mud fighting all the way. Jack Hill, man. <laughs> Big Dollhouse, man. I love Simon King of the Witches. It's good. It's a great pick. But yeah. I, I, I was actually kind of surprised that this one was actually better than I thought because this was a first-time watch for me. So, yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised that it was better than I thought it was. I, I really agree with a lot of what Gary said. Uh, you know, he's really – he's you know, he's pretty cool, and I, I really got to enjoy what he does. But, yeah, it's just hard to go against Pam, mud, you know, fighting in a mud bath. Yeah, yeah. Hurt my, it hurt my feelings at all because uh, it was a hard choice for me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was hard on me in other areas, but I, I understand well, your yeah, pain. There's that. There's that. <laughs> if, 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 it was Andrew, if it was Andrew Prime in uh, The Evil with his magnificent pants in that movie, I would probably have to vote oh, for that Andrew. Oh, the pants in that movie, yes. Yeah. Okay. Simon King of the Witches is on Tubi, man, so I'm putting it on my list. <laughs> uh, Garrett, your vote doesn't matter, but what do you think? <laughs> 
That seems to be my MO. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched Simon King of the Witches this week, and I did see Dollhouse when we were doing a Quentin Tarantino retrospective a few years ago. So I have seen both of these films. Uh, I'm going Dollhouse just because of the, um, as everybody said, Pam Greer is just, this was her era. And uh, she this, this movie is just so ridiculous and so fun. So Dollhouse for me as well. And if Pam Greer's in it, it's definitely an exploitation movie. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Almost a clean sweep. Uh, let's see if we can do that for the next one. We've got From Dusk Till Dawn. And oh, I know we're going to get a buzzer here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Maniac. Ooh, fuck. This is a hard, hard one. This is a, this is a really hard one. one. It, it yeah. actually really is. <laughs> uh, Don, why don't you go first on this one? So this one's a tough one. And... The thing is, I think *Dust Till Dawn* is the better movie, but in terms of a grind, in terms of an exploitation film, I think *Maniac* is better at it. So I'm going *Maniac*. Even yeah, though more I, groundbreaking. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna say this. I, I I prefer *Dust Till Dawn* as a movie. I think it's better in almost every regards, but I think as an exploitation film, I think *Maniac* is a better one. Yeah, because it has that great line. What does it say? Um, George Clooney is like, is that fucking cycles to you? Cycles don't blow the fuck up no matter how fucking crazy they are. I always fucking crack up when he says that line. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, she's yeah. is like, what the hell? Were they cycles, man? Like, he sees all this shit going on. He's like, were they cycles? You know, that was great. Delivery is awesome in that movie. Yeah. Uh, oh. Garrett, let's make your vote count on this one. It's about time. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, both of these I've obviously seen. Uh, Maniac is just uh, what a what a crazy fucking little film that thing is. It's just it's one of those movies that, to me, a good exploitation film is literally like it doesn't feel like it's being filmed. It feels like it's you're being you're watching something that you just shouldn't be watching. And we're seeing this dude just go absolutely bonkers killing these chicks, and it is just it's out of control. From Dustel Dawn's out of control, but I think. Uh, Matt kind of hit it for me when he when he said that you know like like it's more of a tribute to exploitation than an actual exploitation film in my eyes. So I'll go Maniac with this just because of how grindy and just out of control that movie is. Maniac. All right, there's another one. Uh, Pedro, what do you think? Well, I chose uh, From Dust to Dawn, but fuck, Maniac is such a great movie, and and Joe Spinell, I mean, he does such a great yeah. job in this film, um, and. Shit, I want to. I almost want to go against my own pick here. I mean, I, I, some part of me wishes there was a Frodo Biggins fucking remake, whatever that what was, the Maniac <laughs> from 2012 or whatever, which was also a good movie, by the way. I like that movie as well. It's got a great little um, score, but um, you know, fuck it. I'm I'm gonna go with Maniac because fucking Maniac. Lance, who wow. did the fucking wow. brackets on this thing, man? Come on, <laughs> it was random. Boy, I thought. <laughs> I thought from dust till dawn was gonna make it. We'll see. Uh, see if we can go. It's almost a clean sweep so far. Uh, Matthew, I cannot, in good conscience, vote from, from from dust till dawn for two reasons. One, Tarantino has a larger role than he should, and number two, yeah. it was made for fifteen million dollars and backed by the Weinstein's. So to me, that disqualifies it as exploitation it's based on principle. Yeah, it's a good good argument. That's fair. Understandable. Uh, Gary. Well, it was written and directed by guys who like this kind of thing, and from Dust Till Dawn, that is, and there are certain parts that are very exploitation, you know, the part where, uh, especially 
right before Fred gets it, which is his contract that Fred's not supposed to die. Fred dies in this movie. Uh, Fred Williams in the hammer, that is. Talk about pulling little yellow chunks of flesh off my neck. Yeah, that's you know, I love that. Like that and, I was a not. Oh, um. gosh. <laughs> um, Maniac has to win, though. Joe, Joe Spinell is just so fucking intense, and without his performance, the, there isn't a movie. Whereas it takes a lot of folks to make From Dust Till Dawn, and Maniac is, is much more exploitation than From Dust Till Dawn is, although I love both things. Um, one of those few films I saw with my father in the movie theater was From Dust Till Dawn, so there's that. Hmm. So, but you pick Maniac. I pick Maniac. Yes. Okay. And, and Maniac right. also has one of the coolest movie posters in the history of movie posters, too, as well. So it is pretty cool. Top five for me, yeah, definitely. Uh, Derek, is it going to be a clean sweep? Maniac, man. Uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I love Maniac with a passion. It's just so heartfelt with the. With the you know, it's it, you, the music for the movie is kind of sad because you know when you hear that main theme, it has like this heroin sadness to it, mm-hmm. which makes you feel for the character, yeah. even though he's killing, he's doing terrible things. So his, his psyche's all fucked up, and you see, maybe he could try to be normal if he did end up with a relationship with Carolyn Monroe's character. You know, if it went that way, but it doesn't, of course, because. He can't stop killing. And, you know, there's some great tra- – it's just – Joe Spinell is, like, one of those actors that defines, like, if exploitation is a dictionary, it should have Joe Spinell's face there. This oozing with sweat and grossness. <laughs> you know, it's fucking great. All right. Maniac wins it. First clean sweep, right? First clean sweep of the day. And beaten out from dusk till dawn, man. I kind of didn't expect that. All right. Uh, Dead End Drive-In and oh God. <laughs> Night of the Demons. I like that movie. <laughs> uh, let's see. Derek, you want to start us off? Yeah. For more exploitation, you know, Ozploitation is always my jam, so I had to go with Dead End Drive-In. I love that Brian Trenchard Smith actually was kind of trying to say something with this movie during the time period of 86 uh, with like, uh, you know, movies, theaters in general and making like, it's kind of like its own like little prison film set in this drive in it's kind of fucking nuts how this film progresses and uh, the characters involved and, you know, the main character just wants to get the fuck out of here. Well, his girlfriend kind of, when she gets more developed into the society, sees that she wants to stay there. It's kind of interesting, that aspect. And then there's a whole, like, scene where uh, the Koreans end up coming to camp. It shows, like, the racism that was going on during the time in Australia at the time. So he was trying to say something. And it's it's so cool that, you know, Brian Trenchard Smith fucking put his own movie in the theater. Like, you know, they went to go see Turkey Shoot. It was so hard because I almost went with Turkey Shoot. But I think this is more progressive because it's exploitation, but it's also 80s as all hell. And I love the soundtrack. Like, when he just fucking, that escape scene at the end, and you just hear that song, Wheels on Fire! Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just fucking like, I was in, you know, it's just a ride, this movie. And, you know, uh, it's actually very nostalgic for me, this movie, because this is actually one of the first movies I ever podcasted on, was Dead End Driving, so... 
it has a special place in my heart. Uh, but you know, uh, and Knife of the Demons, I, I love. It's actually one of my favorite horror movies ever. But I feel like Dead and Driving works better as an exploitation film. Fair enough. All right, uh, Gary, what do you think? Um, pretty much voicing what Derek said about the whole Brian Trenchard Smith thing, trying to trying to say something about the movie and. It being just this weird thing where you can get stuck at a drive-in because you're undesirable, because they just want to keep keep you in there, and police are shitty in this movie, and just taking the man's wheels, literally. Um, Night of the Demons, I prefer the second one, because the second one doesn't have the, the, the plot fall out of its ass in, in, the, in the third act. You know? Gary, Gary, ironically directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith. There you go. Oh, exactly. <laughs> we, we got so, some synchronicity working here. Yeah. I love the Nea, I love Amelia. Um not so much to bed back into that movie. Uh Dead End Driving wins for me. Dead End Driving, nice. Alright, that's two nothing so far. Don, what do we got? Dead End Driving is exploitation, Night of the Demons isn't. Ah there's a buzzer. We got the buzzer for this one. <laughs> I figured that was coming. Uh Pedro? Um, I'm a big fan of Brian Trencher's myth. I think he's very underrated. I, I mean, I mean, for as far as this, this kind of like low budget filmmaking, I mean, you know, um, he yeah, he, he did do the sequel to Night of Demons and he did he did Leprechaun three and four, I think. Yeah, um, he did. And, and, and a lot of people Jesus. consider Leprechaun three the best one of the bunch, which it is. Best, I'm, best one, I'm one of those people for the record. Yeah. Back to the hood, people. Back to the hood. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he kind of became a director for hire for Trimark there later in his career. And um, he's still alive. I wish he would do more stuff. I think he started doing a lot of television later on. He's actually friends with me on Facebook. I, we talk actually. Yeah, he actually wished me happy birthday last year. <laughs> yeah, I like listening to his commentaries because he's got like a very like soothing voice and stuff. So, um, but Night of the Demons is just a great time. Yeah, that's Kevin Tinney. And, and um he, it's just one of those movies that you could throw on once a year and just you always get a kick out of it. And it has like to me, there's like some legit scares in that movie, even though it's a little more wackier than than scary. Um, and it's just um, it's just one of those movies that just resonates with me as far as being a good time. And, you know, thanks to Lance's uh, lack of boundaries in this fucking tournament, I went with this one as well. So I'm going to choose Night of the Demons for this one, even though I love that and driving. All right, and, Night of the and, Demons. And Dead End Driving continue the tradition of the old VHS, what, what I like to call rent baits, where they would throw on something on the cover that was nowhere near the movie, and yeah. that dude on the cover never comes right. out in the movie. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the crow guy, right? The guy yeah, that that's the okay crow. because he, he wasn't the first or the last. You know, that company wasn't the first or the last one to do that, so that's okay. That's so true. you look at that VHS tape and you think it's like a rejected Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. <laughs> that Sting has just like makeup that he never wore ever again. Yep. Sting in Dead End Driving coming soon. Make coming from the Raptors. <laughs> Make a cool poster and then get a movie from that. Uh, Might have made the movie enjoyable. <laughs> um. All right. Now we have a fight, Matthew. What is it? Dead End Driving or Night of the Demons? <laughs> I think I'm going to lean towards Dead End Driving because in my own sort of headcanon, I put this in the Mad Max world because the economy has collapsed. Right. It's Australian. Cars are a commodity. Uh, so to me, this is like kind of what I wanted from Beyond Thunderdome. So I'm going with Dead End Driving. All right. Dead End Driving. Garrett, what do you think? Well, I've seen Night of the Demons, and I haven't seen Dead End Drive-In. So, um, and Night of the Demons was one I used to watch a lot when I was a kid. Uh, it's just crazy, crazy 
crazy fun. Uh, and Pedro's right. You throw this on maybe once once every couple years, and you'll have a great time with it. Um, and now, whether that classifies as exploitation or not, or just a better film, I'm not going to go there. But just be, just out of principle, I'll, I'll go ahead and go with Night of the, Night of the Demons. All right. Well, uh, we got Dead End Drive-In with a 4-2 vote. Okay. Up next, we've got Fight for Your Life and oh, oh. The Untold Story. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Garrett, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, this one I got to disqualify myself from because I haven't seen either. Okay, me neither. Um, <laughs> Matthew? Oh, uh, shit. I think this is the hardest one for me as far as looking at this bracket. Um, but if you if you force me... All right. I, I'm going to go with the untold story. It's like a 59, uh, 51-49% split, if you ask me. All That's right. pretty close. That is a very close one. Uh, Pedro? I think I'm going to go with Fight for Your Life on this one. I, there, there's some social commentary going on here. And we well, that's one thing we haven't talked about, because I know in the previous bracket, we were talking about some social commentary. And, and No, I think it was two brackets ago. And that's the thing about these kind of films that, you know, for all the slack that they get as far as being lowbrow or what, whatever, a lot of the times these filmmakers in these kind of films, they were the first ones to talk about a lot of the, uh, the relevant topics in our culture. And because mainstream Hollywood wasn't going to touch that, right? They were like, oh, you know, they, they just didn't. They're, they're more about being, uh, you know, welcoming everybody, the general public. But these kind of films, they were ahead of the time a lot of the times because they were tackling some taboo subjects. And so, like, that's the reason why I like this movie. Because So I'm going to go with Fight for Your Life. All right. One to one. Don, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm close. Uh, this was a tough one. Um <sighs> Fight for Your Life, it, it, there's a lot to like there. I, I really enjoy what it does. I like the commentary on it. Just at the end of the day, it just devolves, devolves into, a, into a home invasion film, and I'm just not that sold on it. On that as a genre, it's like one of my least favorite. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, I mean, there's just there's just not much you can do with the genre. Um, either I, from what I've seen, you can only do two storylines. You have the thugs invade the home and brutalize the family until they fight back, or the thugs invade the home only to realize that the ones that they've invaded are more fucked up than they are. So, <laughs> you you really can't do much with that. So, um, or you could do something like Martyrs, which kind of throws that out the window like really fast. <laughs> Martyrs, mic drop. I haven't seen Martyrs, so I can't comment. What? No. Um, but yeah, uh, man, this this is hard because uh, I'm just dreading the uh, Anthony Wong showdown to come. But uh, I can't go against him. I got to go Untold Story. Untold Story, two to one. Awesome. Uh, Derek. Ooh, this is this is gonna be yeah. This is probably the hardest one for me. So far, uh, William Sanderson and Fight for Your Life plays the most racist piece of shit ever <laughs> on film. And it's sad to say this because he should have been nominated for an Oscar for this movie because it's so believable. And, it, you know, Fight for Your Life just has like this dirty, grimy look to it, especially like when you watch like the Blue Underground DVD of it. Because there's really no good transfers of this movie around. Because I think the the 
prints lost, like the, you know, like the actual film print of it's like lost or something like that. That's what I heard, anyways. So yeah, it's going to stay on DVD. Are gone. Yeah. You know, so it's just going to be on DVD for probably the rest of its life, unfortunately, which which is sad, but. You know, it, it adds the flavor where it feels dirtier and grimier with the way you're watching the movie, too. And out of an untold story. Untold and, story. You know, uh, it's fucking. I never look at pork buns the same way again after watching that movie. And, you know, you have Danny Lee as like this weird head of the cop police that's always bringing prostitutes around and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's just so weird and bizarre. And Anthony Wong, of course, like, uh, amazing performance. Like, we'll be talking about him again later with another movie that's actually in this bracket. I'm gonna go untold story on this one. It's tough. It's really tough. It's like 50-50 with these two for me, but I'm gonna go with the pork buns because that was like the whole ending's like, what? You know? <laughs> All right. Untold story. Um, Gary, what do you think? I'm with these guys with the hard choice on this one because this is this is really rough to pick one of these over the other one because they're so different, but they both fit in the exploitation you know niche very well. Um, William Sanderson just picking at the devil from Crossroads just really irks me, but you know. It has that ending that you know it's going to happen. The table is turned on them, and you find out in a quick cut why he doesn't like black people, you know. Uh, but he doesn't like anybody. He picks on his, his Asian friend and his Mexican friend, too. But um, the untold story is just too gonzo for me not to pick. It, it's just the man can clean a body with a cleaver in about five minutes and, you know, <laughs> just, just making those pork buns and the end part with with children is like yeah I'm, I'm sold all the way now with this movie and um yeah the untold story over fight for your life but i i recommend both of them highly all right the untold story comes up victorious in that one and next round it'll be going up either against i spit on your grave or Miss 45. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this, this is a tough one, and this is a very morbid two <laughs> movies here, man. What's going yeah. on? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys picked them. <laughs> I picked these two. <laughs> uh, all right, Pedro, start us off. <laughs> yeah, this is tough for me. I mean, they're both rape revenge movies. Uh, not, e- not the easiest films to watch. Um, our boy Abel Ferrara makes his debut in this tournament. One of, he, that guy's wacky himself. Did you guys ever watch the um, Driller Killer commentary where he gets pissed off and just walks off and they just left him? In there? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yes, he legit just loses his shit and walks off and that's it. He never he never comes back. Um, yeah, he's he's just one of he's kind of a wacky guy in real life, but he's a great filmmaker as we all could pretty much agree on. I think. Um, uh, Miss Forty Five is it's it's a great film. I I don't know who put it on here. I didn't, but it's a it's a it was a good choice. I, I think in hindsight, seeing both of these films. Miss 45 has that kind of like more of a tragic look to it because of Zoe Lund and kind of she was kind of uh, messed up in real life and had kind of a tra- tragic end. Um, yeah. But then you have I Spit on Your Grave, which is has one of the worst. I mean, worse by I mean, like just brutal kills on screen where the guy gets his dick chopped off in the bathtub. Um, 
<laughs> and and um, don't they, they made a sequel by the way? Don't bother with that one. That one sucked. What the three hour fucking? Yes. Oh yeah, that's fucking awful. And, and then like Severin, who was it? Was or was the Scorpion? One of those companies had it for like eighty bucks at one point, where you get that, you know. But anyways, um, so I think I'm gonna go with I Spit on Your Grave. That's the one I've seen the most, and it's 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 I think it's the more popular one. I, I you know don't quote me on that, but I'm gonna go with I Spit on Your Grave. What do you guys think? Um, all right. I spit on your grave. Uh, Gary? Well, I picked Miss 45, and I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, it's going up against this movie, because I watched... I never watched I Spit on Your Grave all the way through before until this morning. I watched it at work, actually. Uh, there's a lot of filler in that movie. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of, like, like them. there's a whole scene with them joking around with each other, like... You really want to get to know these people, or are you just like, hey, look at this girl, you know, she's hot, she's swimming, let's go do nasty stuff to her. There's about 20 minutes that could have been cut out of this movie. Miss 45 don't have that problem for me. So I got to go Miss 45. I mean, it has, you know, she gets raped, you know, twice in the same afternoon, basically. Jesus. So, yep. so, she, so she wants to, she wants to kill predatory men. And that's what she does through the whole fucking movie until she goes crazy at the end. So I kill motherfuckers at the party, you know, but um, it's um, it's it's a better movie. It's, 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 I prefer the remake of I Spit Your Grave more than I Spit Your Grave. Mm hmm. So this one. All right. Miss 45. All right. Uh, OK, Derek, what do you think? Uh, both these movies want me to take a shower after watching them. <laughs> Because I just feel like shit after, you know, rape revenge movies are definitely not my jam. I watch them, but I just don't get enjoyment out of watching people rape women, you know. But yeah, yeah, and the the rape in I Spend Your Grave is just fucking more grueling because it goes on for like 45 minutes. It does seem like forever. Yeah, and... Fuck that dude with the overalls. That's the dariest motherfucker of them all because he's just wearing overalls. <laughs> you know, it's just fucking disturbing and all. Because I just actually watched this recently too. Like fucking, oh, uh, Miss Forty Five is the more polished. Ferrara does great with like the settings of New York and stuff like that, which he usually does in a lot of his New York setting movies. It looks amazing, and uh. Yeah, you know, I was actually uh, the, the main actress there. Uh, what's her name again? Zoe Lund. Well, she's yeah, got Zoe like, like diff- different names, but I, I, she was known as Zoe Lund, Zoe Tamaris, yeah. or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, the only other movie I actually ever seen her in was Larry Cohen's Special Effects. And uh, yeah, I was sad to like when I was reading about her, like you know, she died young and stuff. She's fantastic as like this silent girl who goes on this killing spree and revenge on predatory men. This is like the female version of Death Witch because it's kind of very similar because she doesn't actually get revenge on the people that actually raped her. She just kills randomly, you know, in that sense where like Charles Ronson doesn't actually get revenge on the people that uh, killed his wife uh, and daughter. Uh, on Jeff Goldblum, you're trying to say. Yeah, he doesn't kill Goldblum. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's why he wears that crown hat because he's the king of Bronson's world, baby. You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
Yeah, this is tough. This is tough. For the more exploitation side and, you know, just the class, the, the movie that makes me, I'm going to just pick the movie that makes me feel dirtier. And that's I spit in your grave. Because of the guy with the overalls. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he smells fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Don, what do you think? Uh, Man, this is a a tough one. Um, I I, I will agree. I I do think Miss 45 is a better film. Uh, The way it tackles the material is a lot more poetic, and it it has like a far greater touch of class to it than it really should based on the material at hand. But I think in terms of what this competition is about, I think that actually works against it. I, I, I think the way that I spit on your grave handles it and it it's grimier, sleazier and just depraved way that it goes about her rampage. I think that works in its favor. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, but uh, I'm going to have to go with I Spit on Your Grave for this. All right. I Spit on Your Grave. This is going to be a good one. Um, Matthew. So this is one where I have to go with my, my critical brain versus my more exploitation brain. And I have to use the argument that was just laid out so perfectly. I think Miss 45 is more accomplished especially technically because Ferrara is one of our great unsung underground filmmakers and it's surprisingly classier than you would expect it to be for a movie that's got all the hallmarks of revenge exploitation you know it's got rape revenge there's a pimp in it there's quite a few prostitutes there's a big massacre at the end uh I think she someone's head gets cut off towards the climax among other things but <laughs> I think I spit on your grave is more kind of unapologetic. You know, it's not trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, so I think even though I like Miss 45 more, I spit on your grave is closer to what I think of with exploitation. All right, Garrett, what do you think? Well, I've I'm I'm a big able for a fan myself. And uh, this was one of those first filmmakers where I was like, when I was working at a video store, I was like, hmm, here's a guy who nobody but me really knows about, you know? So I would go pick up all this stuff. And this was one of those films I picked up was Miss 45 because I was going through his whole resume. And it was just, it, it was so unapologetic. And I think that's the thing about these two films is that they're both so unapologetic. But I'll go with the argument that my partner um, uh, and it has also been laid out by other people. I, I think this I Spit on Your Grave is the more exploitative film in this group, and uh, it's more unapologetic about what it's trying to accomplish. And, uh, I mean, these are both tough, tough films to watch, man. So um, I, I'll – and I, I think exploitation is more – or like it, it shouldn't be that tough. Like it's, it, they're they're just stupid, grimy films. But uh, right. if you're if, if we're going off just straight exploitation uh, rules, I'll go with I Spit on Your Grave as well. All right, would have been my choice as well. I Spit on Your Grave wins. You can't and hang a man with a have... you can't hang a man with a clothesline. I'll say you can't do it. Okay, but it's uh, okay. <laughs> <Chad>. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next one is going to be coffee <laughs> and symptoms. 
Oh, boy. Oh, man. I can't wait to see how this one turns out. I don't even know what these are. All right. <laughs> John the oh, Movie Man. <laughs> I know you've probably seen them. Which one do you pick? Me? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't go against my girl, Pam. Um, coffee for me, um, even though it's not really much of a contest because I didn't really like symptoms that much anyway. Oh, hmm. Pam Greer. Okay, I know that. Yeah. All right. Um... See, Derek, what do you think? I picked Symptoms. Uh, it was a, it was tough for me because I was just thinking of another movie to actually pick, and you know I was going with my boy Jose Ramon Larraz. And the thing I like about Symptoms is the tranquility of like, you know, it's a crazy lady in a house movie, and you know the thing that interested me about it is fucking Donald Pleasant's daughter plays like this fucking crazy lady. And it's insane. <laughs> the, she looks exactly like her dad. <laughs> it's fucking weird. But uh, Coffee's the more exploitative movie. It's, it fits in that thing. And Pam Greer's amazing. And, you know, can't go against my boy Jack Hill. I'm glad he's on uh, this bracket a few times. So I had to go with Coffee. Oh, you're going with Coffee. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I wrote that down wrong. Um, let's see. Pedro. Yeah, much like uh, Big Dollhouse, uh, you can't go wrong with Jack Hill and Pam Greer and our boy Sid Hey, He's got a small part in this film, but still kind of wacky, so I'm going to go with Coffee. Can't go wrong with with that trifecta, that team right there. That's true. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, uh, three for three on this. I'll, I'll go with Coffee as well. Uh, Pam Greer, I think this was the movie that really like cemented her place as far as the exploitation queen of the 70s. So, yeah, coffee for me. Coffee it is. Matthew? Coffee is my jam. I have a real affinity for black exploitation, <laughs> as uh, Garrett learned on our James Bond shows, along with numerous other side conversations. And I think coffee is definitely top five in the genre. You could argue top three, so that's where I'm going. All right. Gary, is it a clean sweep? Well, yeah. yeah yes, it is probably because <laughs> I, I, I I found symptoms to be boring as hell. I get the whole mental health uh, aspect of it, but a better version of this movie is Let's Scare Jessica to Death, and I don't like that movie ah, either. Yeah. So right. the, co- coffee wins, I think, in this situation. Well, there's also the, uh, the better film in Repulsion, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, but to me, the, to, me, the real problem, to me, the real problem with Symptoms is the fact that for an exploitation countdown, you have his or other film vampires right there screaming, hey, I'm a lesbian vampire film. Let's check me out for an exploitation list. <laughs> we, we were just looking at that one. Where are we, Philip? <laughs> I think that Symptoms' main problem is the fact that for an exploitation countdown, there's a better film in his filmography from the same year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the best said hey wardrobe in any movie is in Black Mama, White Mama. I'll just throw that out there, okay? The <laughs> it is his best wardrobe. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. And next we've got Okay, so copy wins that one. Clean sweep. Next we've got uh Ebola syndrome and flesh <laughs> flesh for Frankenstein. Man, talk about that that's what I like to call a clash of styles right there. That's what that is, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> completely different movies, but both of them are pretty damn good. All right, Pedro, which one's best? 
<sighs> well, I just recently discovered Ebola syndrome. I saw it, I think, like last year for the first time. But Flesh from Frankenstein, I mean, you have Udo Kier being about as Udo Kier as he's ever been in this film. And just so many memorable lines that he has <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know if they're intentional or they were on the script or what, but it's just Udo Kier, like just taking it upon himself to just have the most ridiculous dialogue in that movie. And he's like the whiniest like person I've ever seen in a film, honestly, in this in this movie. Um, I, I love the, the 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 set design is amazing, uh, and and the cinematography is pretty good. So I'm gonna go with Flesh for Frankenstein on this one because I just I just I, I've seen it a few times and I always have a good time watching it. Due to Udo cares toward the force, by the way, he's just awesome in that movie. All right, Flesh for Frankenstein. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go with Pedro on this Flesh for Frankenstein. Ebola syndrome is just <laughs> that movie is just I, I've only seen it once, but it's just goofy. Uh, <laughs> Flesh for Frankenstein is just man. You you talk about a crazy film. I'll, I'll go with Flesh for Frankenstein. All right, uh, Don. Ebola. 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 Anthony Wong is just an absolute wrecking machine in that film. I mean, the the man deliberately spits on people saying, you want the Ebola virus? Here, have aye, aye. <laughs> We've so seen some of that, that over the last two control. years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about, you know, your, I mean, talk about your socially, your socially distanced diseases. <laughs> but I mean, everything like that he's spitting on you. <laughs> I mean, everything that he does in that film is designed to either get, get himself laid or spread this de deadly disease. I mean, that's the only thing he does in this movie. And I, I love him for it. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of love for Frank flesh for Frankenstein. I, I think it's a great <laughs> film, but I, I, I just, I can't go against Anthony Wong. Um, I mean, Ebola syndrome was the first film I put on my list. And it was the first choice I had. So I, I can't go against that one. Fair enough. Uh, Matthew, going to keep it a fight. It's going to be a, continue to be a one-sided fight because i'm going flush for frankenstein and the reason why that movie looks as good as it does is because the director had a pretty close relationship with andy warhol and right. that's why it looks you know a lot garish and it's also quite a critique of hippie culture which i always love <laughs> um so i can't i can't go against it i saw this on the bracket i'm like i'm so glad this is on here nice uh derek what do you think well, I know you guys can't see me on camera right now, but I'm actually wearing a shirt with a picture of Anthony Wong and Ebola syndrome right now because it's oh wow yeah uh, yeah this movie's just nuts because it had it dwells into so many different subgenres to you know disease movie you have that scene where he's with the natives kind of like you know it's like a cannibal movie in a way too where they go to visit the native tribe you know and fucking. Uh, then it, you know, and then it turns into like a thriller murder mystery with like the mystery of finding where the virus started from, and you know, there's even like fucking some weird humor that was also an untold story. And my favorite scene of this is where Anthony Wong is just trying to buy a prostitute. Fifty for Fondelin, fifty for Fondelin. <laughs> I'm just dying laughing. Oh man, and it's just dirty and sleazy too. He's just a sleazy piece of shit in this movie, and it's great. And Ebola burgers, anybody? Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sounds yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, the, the, I was just shocked that this movie actually got a 4K too. It's like, what the fuck? You know, and, <laughs> and you know, I'll never eat pork chops the same way again. <laughs> he fucks a pork right. chop. <laughs> We're close to our uh, very first tie. Gary, what do you think? I'll answer your question with a quote, okay? To know death, Otto, you must fuck life in the gallbladder. Okay? <laughs> I go Fletcher Frankenstein. Amazing look. Avoided the film. Time. Udo's top top of his fucking game. No contest for me. Hell yeah, he is. He's awesome in that. <laughs> Every time it. I watch that movie, I have a big smile on my face because of Udo Kier. Because I don't know if he's a great actor or if he doesn't give a fuck. And just him walking that line always puts a smile on my face. All right. That was the first half of our first round. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move over to the other side of the bracket now. And uh, we'll start off with, uh, I don't know, these two might, might can be similar oh, in nature. Uh, we got Cannibal Holocaust, where they killed real animals. Versus Wild Beast, where God only knows what happened, right? So, uh, well, what, yeah, what that's we, about uh, the, you said it exactly how I was thinking it, Lance. I mean, with, <laughs> with these filmmakers from back in the day, with all those animals running around, I don't even want to think. <laughs> well, we're going to, Pedro, we'll start with you then, dude. Cannibal, Cannibal Holocaust or Wild Beast? This is a tough one because I, I, I kind of boycott Cannibal Holocaust because of the animal cruelty and stuff like that. There is a particular scene where they kill, I think it was the, was it like the, it was a rodent, one of the... American cat or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you could actually see the poor little guy lose his life on oh, the God. screen. It just kind of goes to, yeah, it's horrific. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because on the commentary, uh, they have the, I don't know if anybody has ever heard the commentary, but they have um, Diodato there with the, the lead actor, and the lead right. actor grinds them. He's like, why would you do that? You know, with the accident. Well, no, he's an American guy. He's like, why would you do that stuff? And then the daughter just kind of like trying to play it off and shit. It's very uncomfortable to listen to as well. But I'm, I'm kind of glad somebody called them out on it. Um, but the movie itself, we can't deny that it's a classic. And right. for any of us that grew up, you know, I was born in the 80s. So I w in the in the mid-90s, when all of these films we're talking about were very hard to find, this was, this was the, the, the holy grail of like, exploitation films anybody that is around my age could understand like this is the one that if you had if you watch you'll go back to you to the kids at the at the school ground and, and show it off you know like i saw cannibal holocaust I was like, what the fuck <laughs> right. and so that you know it was it was a very elusive movie and, and very difficult to see and with anchor bay started bringing out you know because they were kind of the first ones that would that would restore these films and bring them out in the late 90s early 2000s in those big clamshell uh tapes that cost like 30 bucks uh, which is the movie, by the way. No special features, nothing. You just bought the movie. Um, so it definitely kind of, uh, you know, it does have cultural relevance in that sense. And the movie itself, it does have social commentary on it. Um, and, you know, so I think I'm going to go with Cannibal Holocaust because it, it, it is very, it, it is kind of an influential movie in a lot of ways. But I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. So um, <laughs> you'll I, go I, with it, but just not watch it again. Okay. I, saw, I saw it once like two years ago because I was doing another podcast and we're covering like right. cannibal movies. But that's it. I was like, I'm never going to watch this fucking movie again. All right. So, Don, tell us, are these both uh, exploitation films? <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely um, put both of them in the category. But 
uh, it, the legacy, the impact, the the fact that this was banned in its home country because people thought that there was actual deaths on screen, not just not just animals, but humans. Right. I mean, they they legitimately had to do a live TV special where they demonstrated the special effects on the the crew in front of a live TV. Like, imagine interrupting. You know, I mean, oh God, I mean, I so out of touch. I, Imagine ABC on a Thursday night hold, decides to hold a TV special because they need to show off the special effects for the Batman and say that, you know, they need to show off how they did this because otherwise people are going to question whether or not it was a movie or if it was real or not. I mean, that's legitimately what happened with this. Uh, animal deaths or not, I, I, it's just hard to top Holocaust for me. All right. So that's uh, Cannibal Holocaust for you then? Yep. All right, uh, Derek. Quick, quick question. What was the other movie it was going against? Uh, yeah, Wild Cannibal Beast. Hol- uh, Wild Beasts. Ooh. Ah, damn. That does have that, that fucking awesome scene with the polo bear at the end. <laughs> Fuck. You know, but uh, yeah, the, uh, Cannibal Holocaust is just that movie where it's so divisive in the community of because of the animal scenes, but I think that's why it's important because it makes you react. And the only reason why, ugh, damn, that turtle scene still fucking gets me every time. That's like a, that's another one. Yeah, the turtle scene, the pig. Oh, there's about three or four of them. Yeah, uh, that turtle when they're just holding that turtle's Rough head stuff. and it's still fucking moving. It's like. What the fuck? And, you know, the thing that makes the movie work so much better is the score by Rezo Orlani. Oh, I love that score. It's so beautiful to listen to, and you're hearing, like, it throughout it. And even, like, the most most beautiful music's played when most of the fucking debauchery scenes are happening. You're like, what the fuck? It's kind of like Solo, where you hear, like, happy music playing where people are getting raped and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know? But, uh, yeah, uh, there's no, I love Wild Beasts. It's fucking nuts. You know, you know, Franco Prosperi or whatever his name was, fucking, actually, one of the creators, like the Mondo genre, you know, he did like Mondo Cane and Monday Cane too, and Goodbye Uncle Tom, like all those Mondo films from back in the early 60s slash 70s. And you could tell he took that influence with Wild Beast and made it crazy. But Holocaust is the holy grail of, you know, you know, it's hard because I'm kind of shocked that Fiorox didn't even make this list. And that's another one that's fucking nuts. Like all that shit. Uh, but uh, I have to go Holocaust on this one. All right. So, uh, so far, Cannibal Holocaust is, is way out ahead. Is it going to... Is it going to stay there, Gary? Well, it, it's it's going to stay ahead because it's, it's just sliding real fucking fast here. But <laughs> I, I took a solemn vow once I saw it once because it's one of those films like 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 Pedro said. It has a reputation, right? You know, you, you say you got to see it at least once. Well, that's all I've ever seen. It was the one time I didn't watch it for this show. I've seen it. I've heard it talked about enough to know what happens in the movie. Um. I'm just not a fan. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of other cannibal films like it. Um, 
and they have animal cruelty and as well. We just talked about this with another podcast. But uh, Wild Beast, if you, your fans of your show have never seen it before, um, the plot synopsis is PCP gets at a water supply at a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And they, they fucking go crazy. You kill people. And yeah. It's 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 bonkers. Um the only flaw I think it really has is for, for no reason at all, you see a twelve year old girl's titties in the movie for for, for a quick second, you know? Oh yeah. So both of these are really pushing some Ouch. serious limits. <laughs> yeah, it's like she answers the phone, she opens her shirt slightly, you see this twelve year old girl's tits for no reason. I'm uh, like, Well, there's the flaw in your movie, but everything else is fucking gold. And oh, I can have flaw. quite a flaw. <laughs> it is it is quite a flaw. But don't let them turn you away from watching this movie because you'll have a lot of fun with it. And the animal stuff is irresponsible. And um, I, I imagine animals got hurt in this movie, real animals. But um, for the fact that I just can't, I can't take it. I, I recognize what it is. I'm choosing Wild Beast over Cannibal Holocaust. Heck, Holocaust because I can watch one of these movies still. Okay, <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna make this a contest then, uh, Matthew. Oh boy. Wild Things is basically James Patterson's book Zoo if he had Stephen King's drug addiction at the time that he was. <laughs> <laughs> Be- because I just. <laughs> because I cannot. I, I, grew up, <clears throat> I grew up on a farm, so I can't watch Cannibal Holocaust mm. anymore. Like, I watched it once and I was so, like, I didn't want to talk to anybody after it was done. <laughs> I get it's it is one of the you know it's probably the most notorious movie on this tournament and owes a lot to getting this entire genre more prominently at least in the eyes of the mainstream but just for personal reasons I I have to go with wild things and also I just love the Italians uh, to no end and like I said if, if my if my description of wild things didn't sell you on it you need to get your head examined. Yeah, well, we're we're looking it up right now, so let's see where it's streaming. Uh, all right, Garrett, where where are we at on this, man? Uh, all right, well, the thing about both these movies is they both have things I just completely disdain <laughs> in films, you know. Um, but uh, Cannibal Holocaust is the more notorious. I mean, you mentioned Cannibal Holocaust to mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't know much about these films that we're talking about tonight, and they will probably know the name if not – you know what it is. Sure. Um, I, I think just out of oh God, I have to go with Wild Beast just because like, oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust is just it, it's I watched. I'm like Matt. I watched it one time and I think I was drunk when I watched it. And I and even drunk and in a state with a bunch of other people trying to watch it with me, I couldn't even get into it because of everything that you guys are talking about. Uh, it's just it, it's a. It, it's just a it's a movie I disdain and I never watched it again since and that was about 15 years ago so I want to go Wild Beast. Uh, oh wow! Okay, Brian, this is uh, this is your your first appearance on the show, man. You've, you've been quietly listening, but we've got a hey, Brian, we've welcome, got a welcome to the show. Our first time. Thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> nice of you to join us. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome, man. Uh, <laughs> Even though I don't like uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I'm going to have to go with it because it's the only one I've seen. 
Ah! <laughs> what, a, what an anticlimactic tiebreaker that was. Yeah, it's very. It's like, yeah, I expected a 30 minute argument here, a dissertation. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody My calm down. Let Brian go back to sleep. Exact same reason. All right. All right. All right. See you that's the next one, man. All right. Well, let's let's move on to two to two that couldn't be more different. Uh, faces of death versus Vampiros <laughs> Lesbos. <laughs> so, uh, Gary, Gary, get us started here, you man. You put the winners against each other. Real quick with this, okay? One of these is a film, the other one is not. So I think Vampires Lesbos over Faces of Death, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> a technicality again. That makes sense. Uh, Don. Uh, Gary's argument verbatim, Vampiros. Oh, very good. Okay, this may be this may be quick, Garrett. Yeah, Faces of Death is one of those movies that, like, when when you're growing up and you know, like, it it's so notorious, and and people would always talk about it on playgrounds and things as being like this yeah. thing that like you can't you can't watch it. You know, there were things that you see somebody's head just explode during an execution and that kind of thing. And I, I mean, it was that. just I like remember that's good. Yeah, it was like this, everybody was just like, yeah, it's it's something that like if you find it, it's like the Holy Grail. You know, somebody mentioned that as being the whole, cannibal holocaust. Why look at I looked at Faces of Death as that growing up. Like, I had to watch it. Once I watched it, I was like, uh, it's okay. But, you know, it's just like, like, okay, we're watching, like, people get executed. And, like, what the fuck is... People are, like and this. monkeys. Don't forget the little monkeys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's, <laughs> that inspired the Indiana Jones scene. <laughs> yeah. So, Monkey as things. far as exploitation goes, I'll go uh, Vampiros as well. Just... That movie is just fucking bizarrely crazy, and I and I and I and I do love that movie, <laughs> like in a, in a weird way. Like that movie is just so ridiculous. Um, and as you can tell, the more ridiculous, the better with me uh, when it comes to exploitation. So I'll go uh, vampiros. I, I can't put this in the same holy grail category as Cannibal Holocaust because every right? fucking video store had this on the top shelf of the horror section. It said plus eighteen. Can't yeah. lose without your parent. Banned but it was one of those things countries, that like you know like. Like I, you, you weren't allowed to see it. I wasn't allowed to see it when I was younger. Yeah. So once I did finally get to see it, it was like, oh my god, finally! You know, it was like one of those things <laughs> that like I would hold it up. I'm like, look what I finally found. Right. You know, and then it was just and yeah. Go back to the playground the next day. Did you guys? I saw Faces of Death. Have you guys exactly, seen it? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was infamous. Exactly. So yeah, I'm going Vampiros. We all had that cousin that probably would have run it for us. So you know, I, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Derek. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really a fan of Faces of Death either. And uh, Jess Franco is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I love Vampiros Lesbos. I actually just rewatched it today before we recorded it. Man, that soundtrack is fucking groovy as all hell. I'm like, when the fuck are the Beatles going to pop up? Because it feels like some of the music from Hard Day's Night in this shit, you know? I, I, think, I, I think the soundtrack made more money than the movie, actually, when, when you read about it. I mean, it's I just... so, yeah. That soundtrack was, like, top 10 play. in England yeah, for a long time. because they, they republished it in the 90s and, like, yeah. well, it topped Frank a bunch of also, European charts. Well, Franco also reused it in about 50 other films, so I think it made money on the residuals for that. <laughs> true, true, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally just Franco, naked chicks doing things to each other. I'm in. in Paris, grooves. <laughs> uh, Pedro, we're going to keep it going? Well, no, because I'm going to stand up for Faces of Death. Now, I will, okay. I will, I will, I will preface, by, I will preface <laughs> this by saying that 
the, this pick, that was one of my picks, and it, it, it was completely based on nostalgia. So I'll say that. Um, for all the reasons that Garrett <laughs> explained. a hell of a drug. <laughs> As now, Pedro a, said many times on the show. Yes. Um, the thing about this movie is that when I first watched it, I was probably like 12 years old. Uh, and it was it was such a like a visceral experience. Like, what the fuck? The monkey, you know, what the fuck? And then later on, as I got older, and you know, you, you you become a cinephile or whatever, you revisit these films. The guy, the doctor's name is Francis B. Gross. Like, what? Like, <laughs> why didn't it register with me as a not nosed kid to to just you know be on being on the joke, right? This is all fake. But when when you know when you're 12 and you're gullible, this is the kind of shit gets over with you. Um, so yeah, I remember all the skits. I remember all the you know. Like, like, like we said, it, w- it was kind of like forbidden fruit for for any youngster at that time. And then when I first got the Blu-ray, um, I heard the commentary, and the director's like the most mild-mannered, like soft-spoken guy, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is not supposed to be the way it is. So anyways, um, once the veil of the Faces of Dead movie was was pulled from under me, it was like, the movie's not, it's not great. Um, like, like you guys were saying, it might not even classify as a movie. It's just a bunch of, like, skits thrown together. Um, I, I would say about like 95% of them are like like reenactments, um, but I will say that some of them are pretty legendary. Like if you're into this kind of film, and they do stand out for that reason. Um, but I'm still gonna go with Faces of Dead just because it is nostalgic, and you know it's my pick, so I'm gonna go with it. All right, Matthew. Any more love for Faces? No, it ends right there. All that <laughs> about Garrett's uh, Garrett's recess conversations makes me not want to know what what elementary school he went to. And uh, it, I guess it's appropriate someone stood up for Faces of Death because all the straight men on this podcast were were straight standing up on Vampiro's Lesbos. So somebody else had to do it. Uh, I will respectfully abstain from this one because I have not seen either. All right, so I think Vampiro's Lesbos comfortably moves forward. So, uh, Matthew, as, help us out with this as one, Steve man. Austin, um, as Steve Austin would say, the flagpole was at full salute, huh, for you guys on <laughs> Vampiro's <Christ>. Lesbos? <laughs> Wrestling just always slips into this podcast, man. <laughs> uh, all right, Matthew, uh, here's our choices. Uh, faster Pussycat Kill Kill or Demons? <laughs> Love the band. <laughs> Yeah, I even love the I even love the sequel the the sequel that I think Bob even did the second one. Uh, it's demons for me. A okay. lot of this has to do with. I know sometimes it shouldn't be antiquated, but if we're going to talk about music, this has a great soundtrack. You got Billy Idol, you got Motley Crue's on this, Rick Springfield, and um, yeah, that's right. Except, except we got a buzzard. We got a buzzard. No, I'm saying accept. No, accept. Uh, <laughs> no, accept. Oh, the band. Yeah, the band. Yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah. Best oh. scene in the film. Come on. Motorbike. <laughs> Everything well, about I'm... Demons is awesome. All right, uh, Gary. It's 80s personified. You know, everybody's got puffy jackets, puffy hair, cork snorting, <laughs> coke snorting punks. You got a. Uh, I mean, what more could you ask for? That you can see his eyes moving at whatever he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Gary. What's the what's the winner, man? Uh, the better looking film of the two, I give it the Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. And nice. Okay. It's just, uh, but as far as like preferences go, and what I'll go to twenty times over one, uh, Demons wins because it's bonkers and stuff with 
pus uh, grosses me out. Uh, and again, the crazy soundtrack that was mentioned, and every vehicle has gas in it miraculously. And it's, it's uh, <laughs> Michelle Suave looking like Kano from Mortal Kombat. It's all fun. I, I, I have a good time with both, but I prefer demons over the other. Okay, another for demons, Pedro. Demons for 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 I'm gonna give two two names: Bobby Rhodes, Tony the Pimp. He's awesome in that. He's actually awesome in both the demons and demons too. She's a friend. Get out of here. She's a friend of mine. Um, and, and then uh, yeah, he he's he's great in that movie. He even has like a poetic ending to his character, which was pretty cool because that movie right. makes like zero sense. Uh, there's a, there's a helicopter that just crash lands into the theater for like no reason, and I remember in the commentary track. They asked Lamberto Bava, so what is the point of this helicopter? And he just goes, I don't remember. And that was it. That was, his <laughs> that was literally the end of that conversation. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. There's a lot of drugs involved. Fuck out of it. Yeah, it was just Yeah, with, the, with, with, those, with those punk rockers with the Coke can. Literally, uh, get it? Ha ha, Coke can, and there's Coke Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's a fun time. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, and, and so I'm going to go with Demons. All right, uh, Garrett. When I was working in a video store, I went through a big uh, stereo Argento phase, and I was like renting everything that I had heard that the guy had anything to do with. And one of those, I remember thumbing through Leonard Walton's book, and one of those was Demons. And and Leonard Walton, like the 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 synopsis of people going crazy in a movie theater was fucking amazing to me. So I took that thing home, I watched it, and it's still, like, to this day, like, I, I, I adore that movie to pieces. A lot for the soundtrack, as you guys have already pointed out. Um, right. Faster Pussycat Kill Kill's fine, but just out of pure uh, love of what I saw. Um, in demons, I, I gotta go with that. That that movie's just crazy fun for me. All right, uh, Derek. Yeah, I'm sorry to hate on. Uh, uh, I love demons. You know, it it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And Faster Pussy Kill Kill was a first time watch for me. Uh-huh. And I did, and I did appreciate it. You know, but I feel like I liked the. It influenced a lot of movies that I enjoy more than it, if that makes sense. That does make yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's an Australian movie that I really love called El Monster Del Mar, which kind of has like these three vixens that are very similar to the girls in Fassy Pussycat Kill Kill. But they the a giant monster. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And, uh, but Demons has cocaine and coke cans. <laughs> um, a, sam- a guy riding a fucking motorcycle through a movie which theater. Which makes no sense because he's riding the seats on a motorcycle, which you know that's like physics would get in the way of that. But he's just doing it anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, man. <laughs> I don't either. It's a great time. <laughs> I don't know, man. Folding chairs are pretty fun to ride on. So yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what was in that theater anyway. It has a Dario. They're even more fun to hit somebody over the head with. You know? <laughs> uh, here we go again. It even has a Dario Argento staple with a blind man. And, yep. they, of course, they poke the blind man's eyes out. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> You know, gory as all hell, and you know, it's just a very nostalgic pick for me. And it's like the movie that kind of made me want to see more movies like that. So I had to go with Demons. Ripping his eyes out is a wonderful moment of cruelty in that movie. I, I can't take it though. Like, yeah, he's already blind, but you're ripping his eyes out. It's it's 
There's a even like the movie within the movie that has like Michel Soavi as the lead guy finding the, you know. But there's there's a great cinematic shot in that movie where like the girl like one of the, I guess you know lady of the night I guess you know according to Tony the pimp, um when she's turning and she's looking up and then behind you see Michael Soavi also turning into Turn. a demon. That's an awesome fucking shot right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it so must be the goddamn movie. Smash <laughs> everything. <laughs> Smash everything. They put two and two together after that. You're right. Yes. All right. All right, Don. Is it a clean sweep? No, I I I thought Faster Pussycat was more closer in spirit to what the thing was about. Um, Demons, hands down, is the better film, but I I I thought Faster Pussycat was uh, a little closer in spirit to what the point of the show was about. So I thought that one. Okay. All right. Definitely makes sense. All right, good. So it gets a vote. Uh, all right, so uh, Demons is definitely moving on. So now we're going <laughs> to maybe have a common theme here. Um, kitten with a whip versus House of Whip Cord. Uh, Derek, <laughs> what is it, man? Uh, kitten with a Whip was also one of the first time watches for me, and I did enjoy it. It was kind of like this weird precursor prequel to Charlie's Angels, pun intended. Because the guy who plays Charlie in Charlie's Angels is in the movie. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's very, you know, it has, like, this weird, like, it kind of feels like Larry Cohen's bone in a way with the dialogue and the way the story goes. Oh, wow. In the sense, which I, I actually kind of prefer bone, though, which is right. early Yaff Kodo performance there. I would, you know, damn, I should have picked that over Simpsons now. Damn it. But whatever. Uh, the uh, House of Whipcore is Pete Walker, and the thing with Pete Walker movies that I like is they always feel dirty and dreary and grim the way you watch them, and his movies don't have happy endings. And it's it's kind of an interesting take on like a, a prison, like a women in prison movie because it's not actually set in a real prison. Because it's trying to tell like this message of the commentary of like uh, the censorship that was going on in England with like things that are uh, uh, what's the fuck's the name of the group you know the that was censoring a lot of things like media in England. It's kind of his video nasties. Yeah, it's the same group that started the video nasties craze. That was kind of like the thing that he was trying to get into the movie, like uh, and. It's kind of interesting, you know. It's dirty, grimy. It, it has a dirty feel to it. Sheila Keith's in the movie as one of the prison guards, and you know she's as nasty as ever. She, even though she sounds like a sweet old grandmother, get over here, you little bitch. <laughs> you know, like the way she talks and shit. So I'm gonna have to go with House of Whipcord on this one. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, Garrett. I promise this is the last time I have to do this, but I got to bow out because I haven't seen either. Okay. All right. That'll make this one easy. Uh, Matt? Kid with a Whip is probably one of the most fascinating movies on this list because it was made. <laughs> it, it, it borders on a vanity project for Anne Margaret because she wanted to get away from that, you know, Viva Las Vegas, you know, musical gal image that she had. And while I think it's a pretty good movie for for what it is, I think House House of Whip 
it has a web cord, it's just a little bit better. Ah, okay. Uh, Pedro. Well, I haven't seen Kitten with a whip, but I think I would have chosen House of Whipcord because I'm a big fan of Pete Walker. I love Schizo and I love Frightmere, so I'm going to go with House of Whipcord. Okay, the house. Uh, Don? Yeah, I'm like Pedro. I didn't get to a kitten with a whip in time, so I'm going uh, whipcord. Because I, even All if right. I, even if I would have seen it, I, I doubt it would have topped a whipcord for me. Uh, nice. Gary, <laughs> I, the reason why I picked kitten with a whip, and now I, I was thinking outside the box with my choices because I wasn't sure what I was recording with and what they were going to pick. And right, I've always loved like the bad girl genre, and in this case, she's a reform school uh, escapee who stabbed. One of the one of the the, the uh, guards. So she's afraid this person's gonna die. And they made a lot of these kind of movies to where you know this this bad girl was gonna like ruin somebody's life. Like faster puts the guy kill kill. If I had a choice seen that in this film called Sisters in Leather, which is about women lesbians who are blackmailing a guy, is gonna turn his life gonna turn his wife into a lesbian too. It's a really <laughs> weird biker film. Um, I picked that over that. But yeah, th- this film. And Margaret sells it for me. Um, but I'm fully aware the House of Whipcord is a better movie out of these two. So I have to go with that. But um, uh, I, I love okay. this genre of film. Nice. I, this is why I threw it on there. All right. I'm getting some good opinions here. Um, all right. Moving on to the next uh, the the next category or the next uh, round. We've got the Switchblade Sisters versus Killer Nun. Uh, Don, you want to get started? Ooh, well, uh, this was a this was a really tough one. Um, yeah, uh, you mix nunsploitation with giallo, and I'm hard as a rock for ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one that, that one really works for me. Um, Switchblade Sisters, I have a lot of problems with, even though I I think it's um. I think it's a fine film, but I think Jack Hill did better films. Um, he's got better films on this list, and it commits one of the cardinal sins that I hate. That I hate, hate with a burning passion, and it uses rape as a correctional method, and it's you. It's a. It's used for the better. Where uh, the scene where uh, the boyfriend rapes the new girl and she ends up uh, siding with him from there on, and they sort of hook up. I, I hate nice. that with a passion. I hate Ouch. that. Yeah, that's Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hate that kind of a concept with a passion, so I'm going with uh, Killer Nun on this one. <laughs> going Killer Nun. Uh, Garrett? Good reason. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Switchblade Sisters, because I saw it. Okay. It was very impressionable on me when I saw it. Uh, Killer Nun, um, it probably follow, more follows the rules, I guess, of uh, the exploitation films that we're talking about today. But Switchblade Sisters had a very impressionable impact on me, so I'll go Switchblade Sisters. Okay, one and one. Uh, Matthew? I'm going to go with Killer Nun on this one. And I spent the entire preparation period trying to come up with what was the, the cheesiest tagline to accompany this. And I came up with, uh, this May you will not be rising on the third day. <laughs> Uh, all right what do you think pedro i'm gonna go with switchblade sisters uh again i i you know it's 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 i really like the story i think uh dominic is one of the worst biggest scumbags uh, as far as villains that that have ever been on film i mean just okay you know um 
I and then it's one of those like I I kind of see it like um like a coming of age movie with a very like dark you know twist to it you know um and it's Jack Hill and I'm always gonna be biased towards Jack Hill because I I think I like I don't think there's a movie he's made that I don't like I mean he's just a great filmmaker so I'm gonna go with Switchblade Sisters on this one. All right, another for Switchblade, uh, Derek. Hmm. I do enjoy me some Killer Nun, but I'm gonna have to go with Switchblade Sisters. Which, ironically, uh, was a first time watch for me. I never actually seen it until yesterday. And the thing I dig about it, it kind of has like this weird Shakespearean motive to the story that it's telling. Which What's a fellow? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I got to yeah. when I was watching the special features. And yeah. I kind of dig that about it. It's kind of like this weird exploitative version of Othello but with chicks and you know I kind of dig that and I know I kind of just like the, the camaraderie of like uh, the main few chicks there in the movie the girl with the eye patch iconic look and that's what I remember from seeing like posters of this movie and uh, Patch and you know and Donuts is a funny character yeah <laughs> yeah so I had to go Switchblade on this one alright uh, vote for Switchblade and uh, Gary you haven't gone yet. Oh, Switchblade Sisters is a is a movie that I think other films have done it better. But like Don said, not 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 Jack Hill's best. I do enjoy it still. Killer Nun is Gonzo for all the right reasons. Uh, some some old guy gets fucked in his wheelchair in that movie and <laughs> other weird stuff and you know it's just nasty and I love it. I love both things, but Killer Nun uh, wins. Uh, on more on the exploitation uh what it's all about for me uh-oh brian you there <laughs> wakey wakey yes i am i have seen neither one of these <laughs> oh shit oh, this is terrible man we gotta come up with something else here <laughs> gotta roll the so dice who can convince right. brian Which one has the better name? <laughs> oh, if, if that's what we're going with, I got to go with Switchblade Sisters. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wrote down SS. That might not be a good thing. Oh. <laughs> All right. Girl, so uh, we're moving on. Now we're going with uh, the next category is Race with the Devil versus Ricky O. <laughs> oh, so, shit. Uh, totally different. Pedro. I, I don't know. I don't know. We get a, do we get a buzzer for race with the devil, Don? Absolutely. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oh, this is hard because race with the devil. I, I love Peter Fonda. I'm a big fan of Peter Fonda. Um, even like even like his older work, like Escape from LA and stuff like that. He's just, he's just a very charismatic guy. Um, but Ricky O is like a staple of like exploitation films. Like it's just a great fucking film and very influential too um and it's just gory as fuck and it's just gonzo so i'm, I'm gonna go with rikyo just to stay on the theme of what we're doing here okay rikyo uh don which by the way, that's not even the real name of the movie but that's just me being a snob okay or the character i should say uh, it's two. Um, I answered Pedro's question, so uh, take that for what you will i figured it would be that way uh matthew <laughs> Oh boy, I I've seen Race of the Devil far more times. But if you're asking me, like, what if I had to show somebody a movie 
I would probably go with Rikio just to watch their reactions, like when that guy's intestines fall out and he just fucking ties them together. <laughs> yep. Uh, like I love I love Rikio because it, it they should have called it Anatomy Be Damned the movie. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I'm going to go with Riccio, although I do have much more of a, a soft spot for Race of the Devil and the, the car exploitation elements associated. All right. Another one for Riccio. Uh Gary? Uh, Race of the Devil is a wonderful film. You got the winning combo of Warren Oates and, and Peter Fonda, and that plot is pretty awesome. But um, I'm not going to see those lulls in the movie, but Riccio doesn't stop. <laughs> No, with, it with everything it does. Yeah. So I have to go with Ricky over Race of the Devil. Not sliding Race of the Devil, but one one does it more does more for me, let's put it that way. Yeah. There All is right. there is a lot there is a lot of tension in Race with the Devil though. Once oh, once yes, the cold, there is. Yeah. And, and this yeah. it's always it's always very tense from beginning to end. Um so that there is that. But yeah, Ricky is just nonstop adrenaline from the moment it starts to the end. So yeah. All right. Uh Dan. Oh man! Man, fucking if any if any it was picked with any other movie, I would have to pick Race of the Devil. But unfortunately, Riccio, you're bullied with Riccio. What can I do? It looks good. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna check that out yeah. after the recording. Um, is it a clean sweep, Garrett? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say so. Just, I mean, look, I'm I'm with Pedro. I I adore Peter Fonda. Race with the Devil. It was one of the first one of these movies I actually did see. Um, but we'll, we'll get to the other one I'd seen first later on. But this one, the uh, Ricky O is just fucking insane. And uh, and for much the same reason I went with Maniac, I'll go with Ricky O. All right. Yep. That's a clean sweep. Uh, Don, we, let's let you go first on this one, man. You've got uh. Zombie versus the intruder. Uh, zombie, favorite film of all time. <laughs> That's really? the winner, huh? Okay. Well, favorite horror film uh, of all time. Garrett? Yeah, favorite horror uh, film of all time. It's probably number two or three all time, if general movies. Yeah. But. Wow. Zombie was one of those movies, like, I, I saw it after I'd seen uh, Romero stuff, and I looked, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't what zombies are supposed to be. Um, but, like, <laughs> I was, like, 12 years old at that time, and I, I, I watch it now, and I see it exactly for what it was. And it was, it was, it built a lot of rules that are still used today. Um, and so I definitely will go with zombie on this. All right, two for zombie. Uh, Matthew? So because in preparation I watched the wrong intruder movie, I watched Aye. some bull I watched some bullshit with Dennis Quaid that came out a couple years ago. that was the heart I have not laughed at a movie that hard. That was bad. Unironically in that a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna go in the rotation in the same way that I talk mm-hmm. about the snowman. Uh, speaking of not to show my hand of stuff we'll be doing in the future, uh, but I can't go against zombie. I, I just Fulci's the man. Uh, Pedro? Um, yeah, we're talking about the Scott Spiegel intruder, right? The That's the one we're talking about? No. I, I'm no. not sure. Who, I, I, <laughs> who put it on here? No, this, this is Roger Corman's the intruder with William Shatner. Okay. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I, th- I thought we were talking about the serial killer in the supermarket intruder. I did too, oh, but... Yeah, it's I not intruder. No, it's not that intruder, no. 
I'm yeah, just well, I was going to say. I was, way, I was way off in case you couldn't tell. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I was wondering why Lance put the on the t- on there because that's not how the movie goes. I mean, I, I watched it anyway, but yeah, I, I thought he was okay. talking about because yeah, that movie is Intruder, and I wondered why the hell. Lance and that's and, and that's a great fucking movie too. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, no, I I thought Lance fucked up and he put the wrong title on there. <laughs> yeah, but, no, uh, this Shatner movie. I said, you guys remember. Uh, that that show that used to come on called Night Flight. I think it was like on TBS oh, yeah. or something. I, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing this one on Night Flight in between a bunch of music videos. Yeah, <laughs> they have the app for that. That's still around, by the way. Oh man, I gotta check it out, dude. So uh, what's what's the what's the correct answer, Pedro? Well, well, regardless, I don't care if it was Intruder, this, the Intruder, their Intruders. It doesn't matter. I would have gone with Zombie anyway because that's a zombie. classic. <laughs> all right, a, legit <laughs> classic of a movie for for all the. Aforementioned reasons. All right, uh, Don. I already said it. <laughs> that's his first ah, movie. Okay, okay that's time. right. You picked me first. Did I miss? Did I miss somebody on this one? Yeah, Garrett, me, did, me, did me, you go? Uh, I went. Uh, yeah. I didn't go yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gary. Um, I gotta say the reason why I picked the intruder to go on here is if you haven't seen the film before, uh, William Shatner plays uh, a race agitator. And this is in May 1962, so it's eight years after the Brown versus the Board of Education, who goes to this town because they're going to integrate the school for the first time. So he goes there to get the town riled up to be against this. So he's a big old, he's a big old racist in this movie, and it's it's a uh, the best shattered performance there is. And I'm not saying that as like, oh, he's so goofy in it. No, he's seriously an actor in this movie, and. The subject matter and you know the time that it was made. Yeah, my father's high school didn't get integrated till like 1970, so it was still wow. civil rights movement was still very much going on in 1962. So the balls that Roger Corman put forward to, to make this film is impressive in itself. Um, that, that's why I put this on the list because just uh, outside the box, it it deserves to be here. I'm sorry, you know, but I knew it wasn't going to beat zombie. So right. zombie, I seen the brackets. Um, I pick zombie over this movie because I, I I'll say it that exploitation in the traditional sense I guess right, it, right. It is better than this I guess but it's not a better movie to me. Hmm. All right, gotta give Intruder some love. So did he say? Uh, did Did Shatner ever have a line where he said, "My children are not going to go to class with those"? No, those he doesn't kids. talk slow like that. No, <laughs> no, nothing like that. No pauses. All right, did I uh, did Glad I miss anybody? Me, Derek. <laughs> we don't have Derek. to fucking cancel the episode. <laughs> did I miss anybody? Derek did not go. Derek. Yet. Okay, that's what I. That's where I fucked up. Sorry, Derek. It's all right. My vote's gonna be zombie. It's my favorite horror film of all time. It has a zombie versus a fucking Whoa. shark. Yeah, you can't beat that. All right. Well, Derek. Why, why don't you get us started with the uh, final one in round one, which is Blood Sucking Freaks versus Last House on the Left? Mm. Ooh, boy. <laughs> That's tough. Mm, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I hate the music in Last House on the Left, so I'm going Blood Sucking Freaks. Aye, okay. Uh, Gary? Blood Sucking Freaks is my choice. Um, that's got no bearing on my choice for which one's better. 
Last House of the Left has a lot of problems with it. You know, the 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 asides with the bumbling cops is really stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's got Martin the, the, Cove the soundtrack. Why is it not to love? Well, I love Martin Cove. I just <laughs> I, I don't need him them getting on a, a, a truck full of chickens to go That's be right. more bumbling. You know, and with all this other serious stuff is happening. Yeah, the serious stuff is great, but that and you know the the happy go lucky soundtrack with these killers and and I know it's David has to do with the soundtracks. I guess it's like a I don't even know. I don't care. Bloodsucking Freaks is strange, and the effects budget is, is cheap, and Ralphus is wonderful, and yeah. so is Sardu, and it ends with, you know, a bunch yeah, of cage it, girls it, eating somebody. It has an ending, and then, right. And, and it, it ends with them, one of them girls having a sausage. Let's put it that way, okay? You know? Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. oh, but uh, Bloodsucking uh, Freaks wins for me. I'm sorry. All right, blood sucking freaks again. Uh, Garrett, are you are you are you in agreement? Well, here's here's the thing. Um, Last House on the Left was another one I saw. Like it was, I was going through Wes Craven's resume when I was younger, um, and um, and this would come up, and it was once again in Leonard Walton's book. Like we didn't have online back then. We didn't have online reviews. We had these books that I would refer to, and it was like it was. It's notorious. It's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And I'm like, of course I want to go see that. So I went and I rented this movie, and this movie has this girl on the cover. It's almost like an Evil Dead cover. Like she's laying down on a bunch of branches, and she looks like she's she's um, mangled. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to see this. And I took it home, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of – like it, it's the same problem that most of Craven's films had throughout his entire career. Like the tone was all over the fucking place. Uh, <laughs> Bloodsucking, Bloodsucking Freaks is one of those movies that it was introduced – me late i was at a con and one of the girls at the table like gave me a copy and said you gotta watch this i took it home and it was fucking great like i love that movie it's so fucking ridiculous and fun so i'll go bless hiking freaks okay uh matthew there's not a lot of west craven movies i like and sadly this last house and left falls into that that lot uh th- those two dipshit cops just <laughs> Make that movie absolutely unbearable outside of the, you know, the really uncomfortable stuff like the the inciting incident of this movie. When that's the thing that doesn't irritate me the most, I think you it is an utter fail. And Bloodsucking Freaks, I have seen a few times. And every time it's done, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this on the back burner and probably watch it when I get a chance again. Sure. I like it a lot. So that's where my that's where my vote's going. Last House on the Left was the biggest case of blue balls I ever had as a teenager. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, not only yeah. did Garrett not have the internet back then, I don't even think they had electricity. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's they crazy. didn't have a camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy because David Hess did better versions of this movie. Like, yeah, that's what I heard. House at the end of the park, and even his character in like a uh, what the fuck's that movie with Franco Nero? He's in Don knows rabbit rabbit dogs. No, not rabbit dogs. It's a uh, pit st- drive-in. D- oh mm-hmm. god, god damn. Um, Dead stop or something like that. Yeah, damn. What, what the hell's that movie? Fuck. Hitchhike, hitchhike. Hitchhike. Yeah, that's it. Hitchhike. You know, hitchhike. You know, and even like a fucking. Uh, they did uh, David DeFalco, the guy who actually runs Dark Force Entertainment, actually directed Chaos, which is kind of like an unofficial remake. And I watched that recently for a show that I prepped for. 
and man, it has no music at all in it, and it's kind of unnerving to watch the like scenes of rape and shit without no music. So it's kind of a little more dirtier and grimier than Last House on the Left, which is weird. But yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think, Don? Yeah. Uh, this is this was a tough one. Um... I, I mean, everybody's made valid points. The bumbling cops are a huge hurdle to get over. There's better, more consistent variations on the topic in, you know, most of the main stars' later career. And then with blood sucking freaks, it's so slapdash and amateurish. It's really, it, to me, I was kind of. <laughs> it was really. I haven't it was heard really that word in, in seven or eight years, Don. Well, it was it was it just looked so like cheap and flimsy and yeah. I I mean the the whole point of the investigation that the officer goes through is just like one of the most corrupt and just absolutely bare bones story storylines I've ever seen in one of these kinds of films. I mean, any cop worth his salt would take two seconds to look into what's going on and figure out that she's stuck at that police story. Uh, you know, she's stuck there at the you know compound of this dude and. How the hell he gets away with all of the stuff he does? I mean, the, any cop worth the salt would have closed that thing down. So I, I think both have their problems. Uh, coin flip. I think blood sucking freaks is a little bit more consistent, though. Okay, that's another one for that. Uh, actually, wow, we're maybe looking at a clean sweep, Pedro. No, no, we're not. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't pick this movie, by the way. I don't know who did, right. but. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, you know, there's one of the things as far as judging films that did it better, I, I, I don't think that's fair to like trendsetter movies because they have no reference point. So they can't pull from other films with the same structure or genre or story. Whereas the films that came after that one certainly have that luxury. So when people say, oh, so-and-so did it better afterwards, of course they have more to pull from. And and so that, that's why I don't think it's fair when when it's like oh well you know a movie from like ten years later did it way better well yeah because you could improve on the original that it's there where the original doesn't have that luxury um, not to say this was like original because it was off of Virgin Spring but still there's certainly an aspect of this movie that that was for its time something new and 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 you know it shocked a lot of people um, it was Wes Craven a young Wes well not so young because he was already in his thirties because he kind of started late but um, I, I like it. I, I think David Hess does a good job. Um, I think the there's there's a scene where like they're just walking through New York and this little kid has like a balloon and then I think David Hess just pops the balloon with a cigarette and I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he just, this little kid just right there so happy with his balloon and this dude just comes and pops it with a cigarette. Um, I, I think I, yeah the cops are you know everybody has said it right they're 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 a detriment to this film. But I think what what get, what empowers this film as far as its quality is the villains. I think all of them are like right. the biggest scumbags ever. I think Fred Lincoln as Weasel is like you know that's a scary guy right there. You know, and and they're all very like so matter of fact throughout the entire picture, which to me is, is says more than having this stereotypical like you know serial killer on the loose or whatever. Uh, it, it's just their it's just their ambivalence to what they're doing that's really scary to me. You know, and and, and of course the parents. Their reaction at the end, I love how there's a sense of them still being in shock. Like they haven't gotten over losing their daughter. And yet when they exact their revenge, that's why it comes off a little messy to me because they're still 
their brain, you know, they haven't cognitively accepted so many things that have happened in such a quick period of time. But yet there's this primal aspect of them that takes over and they and they, you know, they they seek their own justice. So I, I, I love that that aspect of this film. So I'm going to go with Last House on the left. Whereas like Bloodsucking Freaks, I don't know. I, I, I always see it kind of like a mean spirited movie and. It's just not one that has resonated with me. And I own it. I have it. I've seen it a few times. But it's a movie that I'm not going to go out and watch, you know, every year or whatever. It's a movie that I watch maybe once every 10 years. So I'm going to go with Last House on the left. All right. Well, that that wraps up round one. Uh, Brian? All right. Moving to the other side of the bracket. Uh, Next of Kin versus The Big Dollhouse. And we're going to go with uh, Gary first. Um, Dollhouse, just for all, all the reasons that were said before, it's, it's a fun action exploitation film that's all there. Um, next of Kimberly doesn't work for me, so for personal choice, Big Dollhouse. All right, Derek. I'm gonna go with Big Dollhouse on this one. I love Nexican, but for I feel like Big Dollhouse is a more better of a term film for exploitation it's a woman in prison movie it has a little bit more going on it's jack hill it has pam greer in it you know there's mud wrestling <laughs> you know so you get that can't go wrong all with that all right don uh three peats um i'm not a huge fan of next of kin i love big dollhouse and i think big dollhouse is a better better one than the I think it's just better. All right, Pedro. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the big dollhouse on this one. All right, Garrett. Yeah, for all the reasons everybody's already explained, and I explained earlier, I gotta go with big dollhouse. It fits the exploitation model perfectly for me. So, uh, is it a clean sweep, Matt? No, it's not. Next to Ken oh. is my. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Is there, right. is there a reason why you want to stand up for next up? Because he wants to be different. That's, why. <laughs> That's the hill he's fucking dying on. Okay. <laughs> All right. The big dollhouse is moving on. On to the next one. The Maniac versus Dead End Drive-In. Uh, Matt. Oh, boy. I, I, I lean towards Maniac. I, I think it just... When I think of exploitation, I think it, it it touches on all the right notes, like everything from the poster to the tagline to the kills. I don't. Um, I think it's all it's all there. All right, Garrett. Yeah, I'm going maniac on this, mostly because I haven't seen Dead End Drive-In. But um, I'm a I'm a as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of Maniac as a just a hard to watch but great horror film. All right, Pedro. I'm going with Maniac. I mean, I love uh, Dead End Drive-In, but Maniac is a classic, and Joe Spinell's great in it, so I'm going to stick with Maniac. Don? I didn't like Dead End Drive-In at all, so I'm going Maniac. All right, Derek. Wow. Wow. Harsh words, dude. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I agree but, uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to go with uh, Maniac. It's more dirty. It's more grimy. It's darker imagery. It has more to say, but yeah, Maniac. All right, Gary. Oh, it's, it's Maniac. I I need a shower just talking about it two times. So there, there's uh, it, it's, it's 
spell, spell for life, man. I got to win over the other one. I, I love the other one too. So. All right, maniac. Moving on on to the next uh, round, the untold story versus I spit on your grave, uh, Gary. Oh, untold story. Uh, it's not just my my personal choice. I spit on your grave. I just think that the untold story is a it's it's very wild and you get much like Ricky O. It doesn't stop. Uh, it's just it's it's there. It's there for me always always and. I'm gonna watch it again. It's first time watching me this time around, and Untold Story is uh is uh the winner for me. All right, Derek. I'm gonna go with I Spin Your Grave. It's the uh, it just the more uh, it just makes me feel dirty just it, talking about it. Even with the guys it. with the overalls, okay. Exactly, it's got the guys <laughs> with the overalls. That haunts me to this day. Guy <laughs> in the overall. Smelly, I like to call him. Don. Schmelly, schmelting accident. <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, I, I can go either way on this. Uh, this is this was almost Sophie's choice for me. Um, that movie's uh, not on the list. I, I, this, is, <laughs> this is a tough one because I I, I really enjoy both. Um, oh God, this is a this is hard. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the guy in the bathtub said that after that scene, but okay. Mm, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I'm uh, done told story. Okay. All right, Pedro. I'm gonna go with the untold story. I mean, it's it, it has rewatchability. You know, it's 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 it's. I would say uh, a funner movie to watch. I mean, I spit on your grave. You know, I mean. I, you can't watch that movie more than probably once in your lifetime, if, if that, you know. So I'm going to go with The Untold Story. All right, Garrett. Uh, just for the reasons Pedro explained, I'll go the op- I'll go the opposite end of it. I will go with I Spit on Your Grave just because of how notorious it is and how hard it is to watch. And uh, I think it's the definition of an exploitation of, um, you know, of that kind of movie where, you know, rape revenge story. Um, so I'll go I Spit on Your Grave. All right, Matt. I'm going with the untold story because I voted for it in the first round and I got to keep some level of consistency. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Those are first time for everything, I guess. (laughs) The untold story moving on. (laughs) On to the next one, and it is coffee versus flesh for Frankenstein. Matt. This is a hard one right here. Oh, fuck. I got to go first on this. Oh, boy. Um,. God damn it. <laughs> Wait, so Untold won that last round, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, just check. So because I think it's the pinnacle of a specific subgenre, I'm going to lean towards, I'm going to give it the coffee. Nice. Uh, Garrett. Oh, man. Um, just the uh, Pam Grier factor uh, makes it a head above, so I'll go ahead and go coffee as well. All right, Pedro. This is kind of a hard one here. I like both Jack Hill and Paul Morrissey, so um, yeah. But I I I think it's the overall package of like Pam Grier and Jack Hill and Sid Haig. So I'm gonna go with coffee. All right, Don. Black exploitation trifecta at its best. I'm on coffee. Derek. I'm also going coffee. <laughs> and Gary. 
I am not a deciding vote at all, but Flesher Frankenstein is more exploitation to me out of the two. Although I love coffee to death, uh, so I got to go Flesher Frankenstein. All right, coffee moving on. So I'm going to throw it over to Phil and we'll go back to the rest of my eyes. Vampiros <laughs> Lesbos, I believe, is going to be said again. I could say that name over and over again. It's just Vampiros Lesbos. <laughs> it's a great name for a movie. It's definitely the best name on the list. <laughs> we go up against the other best name on the list, Cannibal Hanukkah. Ha- ha- <laughs> oh, boy. Cannibal Hanukkah, coming soon, here, here, here to you. Cannibal <laughs> 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 Oh, dude, now, coffee's you on... You only uh, thought you knew the juice. <laughs> coffee's on Amazon Prime. That may be the one we're watching tonight. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Cannibal Holocaust or Vampiros Lesbos? Uh, Garrett, what do you think? I'll go Vampiros Lesbos because I want Cannibal Holocaust the hell off this list. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> Uh, Matthew I will copy and paste and co-sign on what my longtime uh, counterpart has said so I'm going with <laughs> Vampiros Lesbos Vampiros Lesbos uh, Pedro I'm going to have to go and co-sign, double sign, triple sign that certificate and go Vampiros Lesbos Ooh, We're on our way to a sweep He loves saying that so much <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don my boners have never failed me before. Lesbian vampires. <laughs> well, I have some stories for you. <laughs> Sometimes Ima- they do. Imagine going to the box office. Let's say you're going to an AMC, not not one of these grindhouse at 42nd Street, because they're used to this kind of shit. But imagine going to the box office and asking for a ticket for Vampiros Lesbos. <laughs> Especially if you're going by yourself. That That's a little more yeah. awkward. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Especially Make sure no one's in front of me. I gotta send a message to fandom events and play Vampiros Lesbos. Make sure you play it. Make sure you have late night screenings so, and uh, play it in the colder parts of town so you have to wear really long clothing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he peewee'd it. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Me next? Uh, ooh, Van Paris Lisboa. I gotta go with my man, Uncle Jess, on this one. <laughs> and Gary. If my favorite thing about your film is the soundtrack, Van Paris Lesbos is the winner over the other one. So. There you go. There you All go. right. Clean sweep for Vampiros Lesbos. Let the hate mail come in, y'all. I'm waiting for it to happen. You know. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, would it? <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go for Demons or House of Whipcord. Uh, Don, you want to start us out? Uh, I think House of Whipcord is an exploitation film, so I'm going in there. Fair enough. Uh, Gary. No oh, demons. I love I love old Vinnie Price, but I like other stuff. Other other be- better stuff. Not better stuff, but other stuff that he's in. I can't say better stuff, but other stuff that he's in besides that. So demons, it is. Demons, it is. Yes, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Garrett. I haven't seen House of Ripcord, so demons by default. But I'm pretty sure if I even if I had seen it, I love demons so much. Uh, I'd probably go with that anyway. 
All right. Uh, Derek. I love both. Demons <laughs> is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. But I got to decide with being the more of an exploitation-style film and go with House of Whipboard. Ah, Ooh. a technicality. We're getting interesting here. Uh, Matthew. Well... I didn't vote for House of Whipcord last time, so I'm not going to vote for it now. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Demons. <laughs> By the way, I like the fact that it took over two hours to finally get interesting. <laughs> four, four on ten. Uh, Pedro, are you got you're the decision maker here? Well, one of the things that we haven't talked about in, in Demons is the awesome score by Goblin. Which I think it was just Claudio Simonetti at this time, but that's another thing that adds to his charm. Besides the soundtrack, of course, that we talked about in the previous round. So I'm gonna go with Demons on this one. Nice. A lot of good reasons. Demons, it is the winner. All right. Now we're gonna move on to Switchblade Sisters or Ricky O. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know the winner to this one. You think? Uh, Guys, we want to just Never do happened. a. Do we want to just uh, save some time and say five, five up? Yeah. Okay, five up. Everybody's voting for Ricky. Yeah. I yeah. second, or I, I fifth it, whatever you know. Yeah, yeah I'll I, go that, I, that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, Ricky, all it is. All right. <laughs> all right Ricky, all it is. All right, bye, bye, Switchblade sisters. There you go. Save you guys some time. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh. Zombie or blood sucking freaks? Mm. Don, what do you think? Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Zombie versus shark, Don. Yeah, I got to go that one. Uh, Zombie versus shark. Zombie. All right, uh, Derek. Zombie versus shark. There's nothing else. Splinter and I. (laughs) Zombie. Uh, Pedro. Yeah, woman versus a keyhole. Definitely going to go with a zombie here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Gary. Uh, there's no way this is not going through. So I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the in crowd. And I'm going to say zombie. The in crowd. <laughs> Got to make it cool. Uh, Matthew. I can't in good conscience say anything other than zombie, so I have to go with zombie. Oh, Garrett, do we have a clean sweep? I can go and go uh, good conscience and say blood-sucking freaks, even though I know I know it's not going to go through, but I like <laughs> I like the fun go of that Go with your one heart, movie. man. Come on. Yeah, there's your <laughs> patented salty, uh, being salty move. <laughs> I'll say blood-sucking freaks. All right. Well, zombie wins it, and your vote doesn't matter. <laughs> I award you zero points. May God have mercy on your soul. That that, that bracket, by the way, is going to be tough in the next round. That's going to be oh, hard. Oh yeah, it's it's getting it's, tougher. It's, oh. it's Ricky O versus Zombie later on, so just get ready. Ooh. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, That's you guys, you one. guys ready? It's getting real now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at the uh, third round here. We've got. Uh, the uh the big dollhouse versus maniac uh Ooh. garrett <laughs> oh my god i got to start this off um 
Griminess of Maniac will win out every time. I'll go with Maniac. Maniac. Matthew. I agree. I got to go with Maniac. Okay. Pedro. Maniac it is. <laughs> Derek. I'm going Big Dollhouse on this one. All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. Uh, for the sheer fact that for Black Mama, White Mama over the Big Dollhouse, I have to go with Maniac. Ah, okay. Uh, all right, Don. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm. I my voice says my vo- my vote's gonna probably be Maniac, but I, I I love Big Dollhouse, so I Maniac. Everybody's gonna vote it anyway. Yep, yep, it's going on anyway. <laughs> so, all right, so. Uh, Don, why don't we let you start the next one, dude? Uh, the Untold Story versus Coffee. Untold Story. All right. Untold Story. Uh, Matthew. Coffee. <laughs> nice. Derek. Coffee. Uh, Gary. This Jack Hill joint wins. Coffee over all the bunches I love. The other one. Yeah. Coffee wins. All right. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, coffee on this end as well. All right, Pedro? Coffee. Coffee it is. Okay, yes, indeed, coffee it is. Moving on. So uh, I like it like I like my women. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's when I started to change after I watched coffee. (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to... Never go back. Ah, (laughs) Vampiros Lesbos uh, versus Demons. No shit. Oh, those two together? Okay, all right. Uh, all right, Don, are these even both exploitation movies? <laughs> At this point in the game, I don't really give a crap. I'm saying Les- I'm saying Vampiros Lesbos. Vamp- Vampiros Lesbos. Garrett? What was uh, the other one? Uh, Demons. <laughs> Demons was, oh, man. Um, I'm going Demons with this. All right, mm. so one for Vampiros and one for Demons. Uh, Pedro? I'm going to have to go against Vampiros Lesbos in this one, and I'm going to go with Demons. Whoa. Okay, so Pedro goes for Demons. Uh, Gary? Demons. Demons. Uh, Let's see, Derek? Oh, this is fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going with Vampiros Lesbos from what you're saying right now. Which head are you thinking with? (laughs) No, I'm going to... Yeah, Vampiros Lesbos. Okay. Wow. You, yeah, okay, wow. Matthew? <laughs> Vampiros Lesbos. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, Brian. Jesus. <laughs> the rubber match. Demons is oh, badass, you... so demons move on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know you Wait a minute, I'm unbiased here. Why am I cheering? Never mind. <laughs> Wow, that's an upset. That could be classified as an upset, I right? An upset, I had yeah. an emotional reaction there for a second. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so All I right. just unmuted myself. I just unmuted <laughs> myself. <laughs> I was seriously debating whether or not to unfriend you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, but uh, I can live with it. <laughs> All right, so we let's see. We're down to three of the four in the final four. This is the main event. Be? Main event anywhere in the country right here, folks, coming up. Yep, and what's it going to be, Ricky O or Zombie, Pedro? Oh, that's tough. God, God damn it. 
<laughs> we start at the bottom right here. Is this going on here, people? Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna go with zombie, yeah. but that that's diff- that's a hard choice right there. I'm going with zombie. All right, uh, Derek, is he correct? Yeah, I'm going with zombie as well. All hmm. right, zombie uh, Garrett. I'll go Ricky O. All right, <laughs> Matthew. Oh, Ricky O. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Don. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Fuck. Zombie. 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 Okay, uh, Gary. This kind of comes down to you, man. It's like picking your children, really. If you think about <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is you know, because they're like I picked both of them. <laughs> Especially for me because I picked both of them. <laughs> as, as much as I love Zombie, Riccio does not quit, but neither disappoint. Riccio is my choice out of those two. Oh no! You know what that means, right? Ryan. Ryan. <sighs> I like Zombie, but just for what <laughs> what was happening in Riccio, I got to go with Riccio. Uh, hey! All right, all right. Here we go. Good. Here comes more hate mail. People coming at you. You know. Send, send it to Lance. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Final four, we got Maniac, Coffee, Demons, or Ricky O. So who's uh, who's next? Is that you, Brian? Yep. Uh, Maniac versus Coffee. We are going to start with Matt. Ah, oh, boy. I'm going to... That's a tough one. Hard. <laughs> yeah. hard one. It should be. We're in the semis. It should yeah, be. you're in the semis, right. so you got to... I'm I'm gonna make you know the three point shot in the final, you know in the final second goes to coffee. Oh All right. wow! Okay, okay. Garrett, Joe Spinella is two and zero against uh, Pam Greer. I'll go with Maniac. Oh, <laughs> it's All gonna right. be tough. That's where that came from? I mean, okay. I mean, Pam Greer would ever do Joe Spinella. <laughs> well, then, hey. then wasn't he against the um the the prison movie earlier? Wasn't wasn't Maniac against that one or? Am I thinking of something? Uh, Big dollhouse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's what that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, by. you got it, Garrett. <laughs> All right, Pedro. I'm gonna go with Maniac, and that's only because of my preference. I mean, if if you if you gave me to choose a movie, I would rather watch Maniac than Coffee. So I'm going with Maniac. All right, Don. Sorry, Pam. I got to do this, but uh, Maniac. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> oh, wow. That's All right. right. Woo! This. So Maniac's in the final. No, I sure hope you don't run into her at a convention, Don. <laughs> I, I hate to do this, but yeah, I, I got to pick that one. Derek. Yeah, Maniac. And Gary. Where are we at with this? Maniac <laughs> versus Coffee. Maniac has four. Coffee has one, so. Uh, I'm not even going to go with the crowd. I picked Coffee. I know it's going to lose, but whatever. I picked Coffee nice. over Maniac. Right. Yeah. All right. And over to the other side of the bracket, Demons versus Ricky O. Looks like that Cinderella story is about to end for Demons. (laughs) Uh, Bottom Midnight for Demons, I'm afraid. (laughs) Gary. Uh, What was it again? Demons versus what? Ricky Ricky O. O. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is is rougher than the other one. Oh, really? Okay. All right. It is. It really is. Um... 
Shit. Ricky O. All right. Derek. Fuck. This is like picking which one you love better. <laughs> this is like picking your children. Fuck. I go demons. Fuck it. Ooh. Don, Don's blood is boiling right now. I could feel Don's blood boiling. To know it. <laughs> How? I'm muted. I was muted. How the hell could you hear that? I could sense it from here, Don. <laughs> There's a disturbance in the forest. His toes are curled up as much as they could be right now. He's screaming at us while he's muted. All right, Don. What, what's your pick? Ricky. Pedro. I'm going to go with demons. My boy, I'm going to see it to the Ooh. end. Interesting game. All right, Garrett. Uh, Demons here as well. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) And Matt. (laughs) Riccio. Lance, are you going to be the tiebreaker for this one? (laughs) This is going to be weird. (laughs) Because I've seen Demons recently, and I absolutely love it. Ricky, I've never fucking seen. Oh, no. oh, God. We're losing on this. You know, this minute, is not really fair. Wait a minute. Philip, do you, you want to have any skin in the game here? I'm going to vote for Ricky, man. <laughs> Let's go with Ricky. We'll, we'll, we'll get Ricky up against uh, Maniac and see who comes out on top. Brian, uh, Brian who would you have voted for? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> All right, if I if I had to go with what I what I like the best, I would have to go with demons. Then I guess demons Ooh, wins, right? Yeah, de- demons has got to take it if we all voted. All Sorry, right. Don. Yeah. <laughs> so is it demons moving ahead? Yeah. All right. Demons and maniac. All right, Phil. Take, all right. We're in the Who's finals. Winner? This'll decide it all. Demons and maniac. Uh, Garrett. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you guys, you know, I didn't know what you guys were meant talking about earlier about picking the kids because it was an easy choice, easy some easy choices earlier. But this is fucking tough. Oh my god. Um, just think of uh, that Goblin soundtrack busting in the beginning with the train. Yeah, with the Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know what? I never picked up on that. So you just said it right now. I'm going to go. I've shown so much love to both these films this entire podcast. I'll go with Demons. Oh, right. Demons. <laughs> uh, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I got to put myself, let, let's say you hold a gun to my head and say, I can only watch one of these movies for... The, the future and the other ones <laughs> removed from existence. Desert Island movie. Yeah, yeah I got to go with the Desert Island scenario. And in that case, I think because it just gets everything right, it also gets everything wrong. And the, the quote unquote best sense, it's maniac. Yeah. Okay, that makes okay. sense. Uh, let's see. Pedro. I'm going to go with demons. It's all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a close one. The Cinderella story. Let's keep it going. Cinderella story. <laughs> uh, Don, I already know who you're gonna vote for, but what do you think? Mm. <laughs> it's 
So don't get me wrong. This is not because I don't like demons. I gave the film a 10 out of 10, all right? So it's not that I don't like the movie. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah. But is it exploitation, right? That's the whole thing about it. I mean, it, and it, is it, it better than it, Maniac? It, well, the thing is, is that it just feels it's so mainstream. Like, that's the whole thing that, for me, it it's like it doesn't really have, like, as grimy and dirty a feel for it. And that's the only reason why I haven't been voting for it, and that's the only reason why I'm not voting for it now with Maniac. All right. Okay. Two for Demons, two for Maniac. Uh, Gary? Oh, yeah. Darn. Much like the rest of these guys, it's, it's really hard. Um... <laughs> you, you can't you can't say okay which one would i turn on w- with a group of friends that I'd never seen either and you know which one would turn them on more you got to go for, for that feel and i i feel it's a slight on all of us that larry cohen or, or um or um uh, william what do you call william no wait no larry cohen or H.G. Uh, Lewis hasn't made it on these brackets. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that's a slide on all of us. But um, I digress. Uh, Maniac is is uh, the more exploitative of the two. So I go with Maniac. All right, Maniac. Uh, Derek, you're a decision maker. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the one that feels. A little more dirty and grimy and a little more sweaty. And that's Maniac. Again, more groundbreaking. All right. Maniac wins it. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I think right. I think so, too. Yeah, I think all things considered, I think the right movie won. I think it was... uh, I don't know. I I don't think... I think this would have been funny. This would have been fun if it was Maniac versus Ricky. Yeah, well, we almost got there. (laughs) Yeah, if you would have done your fucking homework, Lance... (laughs) That's right. Sorry, man. I just love demons so much. I I do, too. I mean, like I said, I gave it 10 out of 10. So it's not like I don't think it's not worthy of all the love and affection. I got the damn 4K Blu-ray of the set, okay? It's not like I don't love the film. So, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I I think Maniac was a good win. But Maniac takes the crown. Yep. It's our best exploitation film ever. Say it a lot. (laughs) Could join, it, it could join Birdemic uh, next to the list of past winners. <laughs> next, maybe, maybe for uh, for next March Madness, Pedro, we'll do best elevated horror movie. Oh, best oh boy! Oh, 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 oh <laughs> I'm in there. Direction. Silence of the Lambs will take that one, I think. But um, <laughs> art house horror. And then we also we also had best kill, which was won by the cycle shower scene. I remember. That's that right. <laughs> years ago, yeah. Best on uh, best on screen genitals, cut or uncut, people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> Jenna Jameson. Back uh, to back to Terra Firmer. That fat guy with the small dick. Okay, you know. And then Ron Jeremy eats his own dick. There you go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Gee. Would be up there on that list? Yes, indeed. Let's put on pieces of All right, guys. Uh, that's the end of it today. As always, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to check us out on our brand new website, www.thehorrorreturns.com. 
And also look for us on uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate us and review us. Next week, we're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day with a commentary of 1993's Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that right, Brian? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, boys. Uh, it's really fun. So until the horror returns again, Lance. Good night. She's a maniac. That's <laughs> all I can think of every time I said it. She's a gay maniac. Gay maniac. <laughs> <laughs>